0: From the fabulous and famous Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel in Dublin, Ireland, you're listening to the award-winning What's the Story podcast. Now, here's your hosts, Danny Murray and Graham Merrow-Merrigan.
1: Hello and welcome along to chapter 60 of the award-winning What's the Story podcast. My name is Danny Murray and Graham Merrow-Merrigan is there as always. How are you, Dan? All right. Great. Brilliant, man. Brilliant. I'm loving your beard train, man. Got
0: like the haircut as well.
1: Yeah, you're looking very neat and tidy now. Thank you. Very neat and tidy. <laughs>
0: <like>. No scratching.
1: <laughs> no beard knits this week. No. It's moisturized. Love it. Love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, our guest this week is the brilliant Paddy McKenna, who you may have recognized previously from 2FM, and now was the editor Joe.e. Joe.ie. Paddy, thanks, man, for coming gentlemen.
2: On. How are you? Very pleased to be here. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's beautiful surrounds we're in.
0: Yeah. It is beautiful metropolis of Colony Hill yeah. mm. <laughs> mm. we're facing the view we always put the guests look in the view then when yeah. me and daddy recording around we get the view
2: I would mm. just want to describe the view it's like um, we're looking out a window here it's <laughs> a massive window gigantic and uh, it's those trees that are they called the landy it's like every house in Ireland in the eighties had like a row of them that's basically if you were had neighbours and they were nosy, you grew them. They grow. <laughs> they grow like in like three weeks to about six feet high and then they have to be trimmed back. That's what we're looking at. A that fine collection of Lalandi. That is unbelievable tree knowledge, man. That is that. Lalandi. That's Lalandi, lads. <laughs> <Never heard laughs> you yeah, you, them, you didn't realise you were getting Jerry Daly in, did you? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Uh, so tonight we'll be talking about all your gardening tips, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, look, um, we we will be talking to Paddy about all things, and uh, oh, and and to do with your band as well, we'll be talking about that, we'll be talking about sport, we'll be talking about Joe, we'll be talking about pretty much everything like we always do. But first, Graham, it's time for something I like to call housekeeping.
0: Boom boom Ah
1: one day you're going to get the jingle. I forget the
0: jingle. It's different every week.
1: Do you know what I should do? Well, you should actually compile, right, a time of all the jingles that you've ever done and just play that in okay, yeah, as yeah. the jingle every week from now on. Like. Do it, man. Right, okay. It's a lot of editing, though. That's the only thing. Like, <laughs> don't know how I forget. I'm going to try yeah, to
0: remember.
1: Good man. Good man. Um, lads, the Olympics is bananas. It's just, I, I don't know what's going on at the moment, but uh, Pat Hickey's not enjoying Brazil anyway, I presume.
0: No, he's in hospital now. Is he in hospital? Well, yeah, well, he's due to be released and then brought down to police custody for questioning. Right. Well, bear in mind it's, it's Sunday now oh yeah (laughs) he's been he's in question since Thursday
1: (laughs) every week this happens we're like timelines timelines Right. so right, he was arrested he was in hospital he's presumably out of hospital now but
0: last weekend he gave an interview to RTE and he was like um, he was pleading innocence it was a son that was caught first wasn't it
2: yeah so with THG is the company Uh, the son the son was working with THG in 12 and 14 and THG or Kevin Mallon Who's an executive in THG is the guy that is under yeah. arrest. Previous, before Pat Hickey was placed under arrest, he's an executive in THG. Currently, so his son no longer works for THG, but did in twelve and fourteen. Yeah. so that seems to be the background to the. It's a, it's a, it's a sorry mess though. It, it is really, miss, really it? is. Like and the lack of sympathy is 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 understandable, really. But the,
1: the lack of sympathy is also kind of, I don't know, just reflects everything about this Olympics, I think. People are just kind of like, ah, shag off, he's guilty. They're all guilty. He's doping. He's selling tickets.
0: Everything's going wrong. It's a huge fall from Grace when he was presenting Katie with her gold medal in London. And then the footage this week of him in his dressing gown. His
2: dressing gown? If that was the only footage we had, it was his bare arse. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) I just can't get over the Brazilian police (laughs) that are like... Like, the turnaround on that video was they had it up online. They had it leaked to the media within, like, a couple hours. But they also had, like, gone to the trouble of pixelating his arse from, like, <laughs> obviously to protect yeah. our innocence. But, uh, <laughs> you know. I didn't see that footage. <laughs> I, oh, come I just on. seen
0: the footage of him creeping out the doors of who are
1: you? Who's that? All all I can say, though, is for a country that hosts a Miss Bum Bum competition every year, his arse mustn't have been in good nick if they blurred it out. Dude, <laughs> 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 Do you not know it's this, this bum bum competition? <laughs> no, it's a big thing in
0: Brazil, man. Really? Yeah, love it.
1: Thought you would. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're right. It is a sorry state of affairs that it's kind of. I don't even know.
2: But it's Brazil, like, like they're like I, they do things differently in that, like we know so much. If that was Ireland. Do you know, there's due process, presumption of innocence. I'm, I'm in favour and all that, but, like, in Brazil, it's like, we're the police and everything we know, you will also know as yeah. well. We're going to give you a running commentary, lad. Yeah, Come on in! It's fucking crack a beer. <laughs> it's gas, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, like i don't know man did, like over here it'd be like no comments no comments yeah, no I'm sure, i mean the
1: fact that you're sitting here right now with that roses lee ticket scandal is <laughs> that in itself is
0: something I mean, it is a man <laughs>
1: down outside the dome of a wednesday flogging tickets <laughs> I heard all about it it's not true oh man roses is this week
2: is it? it is I think Jesus. it's what this i think it's tonight is it
1: be monday and tuesday normally isn't it
2: oh is it next week Oh, i think i couldn't have missed it no, no. no, there's, no, no, could, no there's no way we would no have no way we would have scheduled a podcast
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. absolutely not. No.
1: That, it's up there and i don't know i actually do love eurovision so when i say it's up there with eurovision then i genuinely mean like that's a must-see event on my television every year like
0: Rose rosary's more is better than eurovision no oh. strange event though isn't it it's, mm, which eurovision or <laughs> rosary okay. both, both for different both, reasons yeah th- the
1: Rose of is just. I actually. No, sorry, jumping a bit here, but did I see a thing saying Gabby Logan won the Rose of Yeah. No, she, she won was, it. She no, she's was
0: Tipperary, wasn't she? Le- Leeds.
1: Leeds. Leeds. 91. <laughs> Tipperary and Leeds. Yeah. Quite a difference there, man. I don't know where 91.
2: Fa- yeah, she was 91, uh, Leeds Rose. Jesus. I think she was 17 or 18. Oh, man. It was the RT you dug out the pictures on, believe Second yeah. Captains had her on, and Second that's what. had her on,
0: yeah, yeah. That's what brought her on
1: that's probably where I've seen it on the Twitter actually now that yeah. you're saying that's yeah
0: oh McDevitt had tweeted the picture of her and, uh, I know
2: unbelievable
1: Evie New Houlavon, She's she's the one that won it she's my favourite she's gone on to good things hasn't she
2: yeah Yeah. Uh, girl that won it last year Maria Walsh or was that two years ago that was ago, two years
1: ago yeah yeah that was two years ago that is that the lesbian
0: yeah, that she's,
2: yeah. Uh, that's
1: exactly what she wants to be remembered for Graham good man
0: sorry I was just <laughs> is that the one you're yeah. I thought her <laughs> name was Karen <laughs>
2: Um, she was there she's there with her, her girlfriend this year which was uh, yeah, which yeah. was cool um, and then
1: there's the one that won it and then Dahi claimed her uh,
2: that's right Dahi's wife Rita Rita yeah Rosa Tully knowledge patty is brilliant man I have to say useless information man <laughs> yeah. I love table quizzes so I just uh, collect as much useless information as possible that's it man. do you
0: remember the one where she was proposed and she was like no 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 oh no, no. amazing yeah,
2: that was that was great <laughs> that was, TV <laughs>
0: television gold yeah. it
2: really was she's like
0: what do you do what do you do okay
2: yeah <laughs> she Are literally you- said no like what 30 times <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually under with every spot every camera trained on her she yeah. said yes <laughs> they did a documentary where they caught up with them they did a kind of reality really? documentary where they went with, and like they're such you know kind of good christian you know, clean living white kids living in Middle America, <laughs> yeah. Mom and Dad. You know, it's a lifestyle that like it's we don't understand it really. Yeah. But like I'm sure they're not like and they're unembarrassable Americans. Like they're like they were showing them the footage. Like any other Irish any Irish person would be absolutely scarlet looking like at yeah. that. Just like couldn't watch it back like they were just delighted with the other, you know, just so pleased. <laughs> These gleaming white teeth tooth smiles, like, you know, it's gas, man.
1: It is, it's It's a thing of beauty when the, the the roses from outside of Ireland are there and they think this is amazing and meanwhile everyone's kind of going, what's your talent? What's your talent? It's a poem, is it? I can't fucking wait to hear this.
0: <laughs> I, know, I know as well, the expats in Australia, Um, like they get their kids to enter. <clears throat> For the prelims yeah. and all, they have loads of similar to over here, where they have the prelims for each county. They have them in Australia, but well, like Brisbane South has a, I know, a whole prelim, preliminary kind of process.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's mad. I guess, like, it's tapping into that Irish pride, you know? I mean, yeah. it's it's the world over, you know, the expat community are incredibly proud of the of Irishness. And it's a different kind of Irishness to the one that we understand. Like, we're here in Ireland, so we, we have it on tap. It's like, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> sick of that. But then it's like just, there's no cynicism about it. It's mm, yeah. a very pure Irish pride compared what, to our own.
1: I don't think it would work anywhere other than Kerry, though. Like... It, you could not do that in the RDS every year like no not a no. chance no
2: it's the twilight zone you need to be in the <laughs> twilight <laughs> <That's> zone <true. laughs> to pull to pull shit off
0: no, would you host the Paddy if you're given the opportunity would you host uh,
2: like I mean I think they have the perfect man hosting yeah. the Rose of yeah, yeah I agree with that think that he is, that. That is the top notch he is the man to do it like he just has that right balance of just having a bit of fun with it but also you can't take the piss out of it like you just can't do that if you were to come on and try and And, like, I've seen other hosts that, you know, they didn't really 100% go for it. I think probably when both Ray Darcy and Tubberdy Ray
1: seemed a little bit reserved in how he was... I think he was, always And he was always awkward at that kind of what's-your-talent moment, especially if it involved him having to be involved in a talent, where he just rolls up the sleeves and he's like, come on, so... (laughs) He's the man. (laughs) He's great at it. Like, there's a kind
2: of egyptry to it, and I don't mean that (laughs) pejoratively. I think there's a real talent in just as you say, embracing the kind of...
1: But I think he knows, like, and that's, yeah. He, exactly, he's yeah. in on it. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: definitely.
0: Yeah. I think that's what it is. Um, Rolls up his
1: sleeves. He does, man. He just... Right, we're in, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of Kerry and and wonderful, wonderful things coming out of Kerry, Danny Healy Ray is on fire, lads. did he say now? Remember a couple months ago he came out and he was like, sure, only himself above controls the weather. Yeah. Well, now he's claiming that uh, Noah's Ark is a uh, key... Scientific fact in the yep. whole climate change situation. I actually read this on Joe today. Now to think,
2: well, actually, he's he's not only that he he's had a chance. So he did gave this interview initially to Hot Press. Yeah, and in fact, in fairness, in an interview like that, you may say things that you may later on kind of try and distance yourself from. But he was on. He's been on since to double down on those claims and to say <laughs> that there is more. <laughs> his, there's more chance that there was Noah's Ark than there's climate change that that he's figured that out like you know <clears throat> uh,
1: there are ice caps melting at an alarming
2: rate that would disagree with that. Like, yeah. Also, why is the story with him and the famine? He keeps talking about the famine being in the 1740s. It's he's like a, you're a hundred fucking years out, no, Danny.
1: No, there was. There, this is the thing. There was. There was a little shit. Well, just gonna say horrible. There was a little shitty two year famine in the 1740s. Oh, sorry,
2: I keep on thinking yeah, he's wrong. The, I've no, heard that, him say it twice. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, man, that's not I the never, famine. Knew this.
1: No, because I was the same. I was like, where's he going? That was the 1800s. The mad thing. Then I start you know googling it and because I don't history and all I was like I need to know this is upsetting me
2: yeah
1: yeah fair enough and then I did and then I remember we'd done a chapter where uh, we talked about the history of Fitzpatrick's castle which we're coming to you from the beautiful of Fitzpatrick's castle <laughs> where I had the uh, monument on top of Cliny Hill references it
0: really yeah
1: Mount Mappus. And, and what's uh, he going was,
0: on about what's he saying was, about the family <coughs> he's
1: referencing yeah he's referencing that same famine so basically what it was was the weather just decided for two years was going to go on lsd and (laughs) have the crack um so it was like because there was no official temperature recording back then you can't really say like it was definitely well colder than it normally is but like amateur weather followers of the day Um, Was it the Mercury? (laughs) I've got an image of
2: them in my mind with their ruffles and their, (laughs) uh, you know, their whatever, knickerbockers, whatever was the style of the time. (laughs) (laughs) I am an amateur weather observer (laughs) (laughs) of the 1740s. In Kerry. (laughs) Sorry,
1: (laughs) put (laughs) a Kerry accent on that. Licking their index finger and going, (laughs) 12 degrees, 12. (laughs) But uh, I think like the Mercury thermometer or something like that was, was only... Just kicking in, or some I can't remember the exact details. I need to look this up again. My brain is falling here, failing here, but but basically, they, they proved they, the record showed that it was like, yeah, about 10 times colder than it normally is. That's an exaggeration, but yeah, it was a lot colder in the 70s and 40s than it normally was, and there was a lot of frost and snow that just didn't go away
0: during the summer. They're a complete parody, aren't they? The Helios.
2: <clears throat> I mean, I think they, uh, they've done incredibly well. To- like the the way they got the two of them elected is uh, just it was a thing Daddy sure Danny a thing only of put his name theory.
0: forward like 3 weeks before the election
2: <laughs> i think it was something like that but like it's it's like how the hell did they pull it off yeah but clearly like i actually have a mate and he was saying his mother was like adamant that you know she's not voting for any of these fucking heavy rays and she was he's a carry man obviously <laughs> And she was going on and on and on and on. And she got, anyway, election day came on. She was giving out about them wholesale. And uh, he rang her up afterwards. Who'd you vote for, Mammy? Oh, the Healy race. And she was like, <laughs> Oh, oh <what> you've <laughs> been talking about for like three years. And I'm going to vote. Ah, oh, Jesus, they only got into the fucking pull of boots, right? I had to vote for them. They it's have a they've got this psychosexual hold <laughs> on the people of Kerry.
0: There is no way out. There it's, is no way it out. It is. It's, it's And torn There's nephews into. coming up as well that are local councillors. Man, their they're, daughters a, they're a dynasty. They are, they are dynasty. a dynasty, the yeah. dynasty like. but it's but, like do you know when you get the the Americans have this stereotypical uh, Ireland pot of gold leprechaun stuff, and you're getting embarrassed by it, that's that the Healy Rays go into that category. Uh,
1: now I would almost rather they stuck to the leprechauns and pot of gold so than the Healy Rays. Yeah, that's my point. Like they're they're rather
0: Darby O'Gale and the little people than the Healy Rays. Yeah, they look they're mad cracked though.
2: But that, but don't you think though, like that we talk about them, and then we're we're kind of just like enabling them. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, the media here, like, it's
1: like it's like, it's kind of, It's like a joke that's gone too far. It's almost as if kind of you know Jackie got elected back in the day, and then uh, Michael came along and <laughs> go on put him in, and then Danny came around like schnobby gas, you put him in, lads, one
0: put him in. And there was, there was three he raised on the ticket as well. I don't <clears throat> think the 2 got got in though. Was it free? Yeah, on the ticket. Yeah, it was. Jesus. I think there was a nephew. I don't know, man.
1: I just. Now was Eric? Like when? I, when he I I said seen something that.
0: controversial about um, the gay community as well, didn't he? Yeah, it's not natural or For them something to like that. Adopt kids. They yeah, should, they shouldn't be allowed to adopt kids. He said.
2: Yeah. Oh, man. It's but like it all fits. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely I mean, fits, this yeah. is kind of like the the language of the kind of right wing Bible bashers in in America. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're not a million miles there from those lunatics in the, uh, what do you call it? Westboro them? Baptist. Westboro Baptist. The boy is there. There's not a million miles like I mean, that's they're in a very hateful collection mm. of people, but they would agree with Danny Healy Ray on a number of topics, and that's yeah. a fact.
1: They, they would probably denounce him then, in some way, shape, or form, because they love just denouncing everybody, but yeah, I, I do agree that... You know, Danny Healy Ray is maybe one or two angry Twitter posts away from being very, very close to. Yeah,
2: I know, and I mean, in fairness to Danny Healy Ray, you don't want to like they are such a hateful bunch of people. I don't want to lump him in there, but like you're kind of starting to swim in the same pool as people that have the same views yeah, as you yeah. when you're and you're sharing like the the kind of things he's been saying today. Like, I mean, I think he's like I truthfully believe he sincerely he's not like necessarily doing those saying those things for political reasons. He genuinely believes that's that's his truthful beliefs.
1: There's no sinisterism in it. There's no kind of hate-filled anything. But it is, like I said, it's a genuine belief of kind of like no, no, like this is real, like. And yet,
2: it is a hateful. It's a hateful stance. Like I mean, the Noah's Ark thing is just like bonkers. But the other stuff, I don't know. It's just it's sinister, and I'm not. I I just find that less. There's less of that that you can even in a from a yeah. media point of view that you can go ah that was crazy bastard <laughs> yeah 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 you kind of start going oh yeah. that's a bit I don't really want to be associated or in maybe caught in a lift with that person you know yeah because actually I'll tell you one very quickly as well one of the lads at Joe has been was making this video about Danny Healy Ray after his pronouncement in the doll and um, it was really funny it was a skit and it was taking a lot of his words and mashing them back up again and then like that day he came he was went into a restaurant or a pub or something hotel and Danny Healy Ray was sitting there and he just froze because he like <laughs> spent the whole day ripping the piss out of him right and, and then and Danny Healy Ray saw him so they're at this moment where they're both looking at each other and then Danny Healy Ray beckoned him over because he thought this is a starstruck fan and I need to do him a favour <laughs> so I'll bring it so he brought him over and then Gary was like Jesus he actually he knows that it's up on Joe and he walked over anyway, and he was like and what's your name you're a young fella and like he was he was just putting chat on him and like and trying to draw him out and uh, he was in the middle of his dinner and Gary said he was unbelievably you know kind towards him and friendly yeah. and like but then again that is what they do they're unbelievable politicians when it comes yeah. to like pressing the flesh talking to people but Gary's just the fucking fear of God that was on him <laughs> beckoned him over he thought he knows he knows he's been on jail he's so <laughs> Kerry Mafia is gonna, he's gonna throw That's me it. in the back of the world. <laughs> whatever he's driving he's
1: gonna be sleeping with fungi tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the 150
2: year old dolphin yeah. Luca
1: Brazzi and yeah. Gary <laughs> sleeps with the fishes and fungi but uh yeah look like I mean I, I just I, I don't know where to go with them like any grown human being that believes a bloke who was well, like no one was meant to be like what 700 years old or something rounded up all these animals, put them on a big old boat and was like, right lads, we're off. Let's go. Like, I mean, come
2: in. Come on. Have you seen the Russell Crowe movie? Oh, I couldn't watch that. No. Okay. I, 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 I don't
1: like Russell Crowe. I was going to say, I was, Really? Uh, yeah. I watched... Can't get into uh, him. I watched Nice Guys recently with was, Russell Crowe I, had, I turned
0: it off after about 20
1: minutes. <clears throat> no, nah, I liked it. I think Ryan Gosling was the main reason I stayed with it. The little dreamboat. <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: the good other, in it though. He was good in it. The other Ray, remember he was in the on the talent show on RTA and he was... His office in the doll was voting for him on the on the doll phone. That's
2: right. Yeah.
0: That was Michael. Yeah. Michael, yeah. What was yeah, it was, was Michael. Was he on, was was he on a Celebrity star or something,
2: something like that? something or other. No,
1: didn't they have to do was it was it ICA Boot Camp?
0: Was celebrity I was, ICA was boot it, camp? it was
1: either yeah. the boot camp or the hotel. It was one of them because I remember him doing some sort of like task. It was type the boot thing.
0: camp. I think it was the boot camp, yeah. And um, they, he got his secretary to ring about a thousand times to make sure he won.
2: <laughs> Skullduggery, lads. Tell you what, yeah. the Brazilian police wouldn't be long sir. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and we get a running Straight up online. would <laughs> uh, th- want to see the Arts, <laughs> <eyes>,
0: though. <laughs> well,
1: the itemized phone bill would be published within seconds and everything would. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shenanigans being shouted all over the wall. would <laughs> be grey crack. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. I think it's gas anyway. If you don't know the story... Or uh, if if you're listening from abroad and you don't know about this, just just Google Danny he Healy. You don't
0: need to. And i
1: know, just do. You'll it'll cheer yourself up. Um, Google Danny Healy Ray. And it'll make uh, it cringe. And welcome to Ireland in 2016. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's the end of housekeeping. Um, thankfully we're coming from a place that isn't um as mad as that. The wonderful Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel. You can check out FitzpatrickCastle.com um for great offers check out the dungeon restaurant fitzpatrick's have a wonderful menu on the go there you've you've just about missed out on the uh, summer barbecue lads if you didn't get in on that because summer was unfortunately just about over but um yeah pj's there was did you say there was cabaret or something on when you were coming up tonight
0: yeah four lads around the piano giving socks
1: hey know, like that's what yeah. we didn't know that was happening just a bit of random singing around a piano you can't go wrong like Anyway, it's patrickcastle.com. Check it out. They're great people. Paddy. How's life at Joe.ie?
2: Great. (laughs) 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 you the guards. (laughs) The Brazilian guards. (laughs) I fucking knew it. So this is all an elaborate sting. Uh, No, it's good. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of Irish people, it's funny we're just saying today, like, they're, like, Joe's six years on the go now. And is six, six years said, Yeah, yeah, 2010. So the guy that set that up is a guy called Noel McGarry from Castle Bar, an Irish entrepreneur. He has recently, we've extended the operation into the UK, it's 2025 staff over there. A lot of great young guys that have come from, you know, a lot of big publications in digital, like BuzzFeed and Dazed and all these other really good places. And it's when you go over there and you meet them and they're like a totally different setup, like obviously Autonomous from Joe.ie, but we would share content and all that, that you realize, like, the balls of the guy that set it up and continues to be the guy that drives it. Like, I think with Niall McGarry, a lot of people, he's very active on Twitter. You probably have seen him yourselves, like, you've seen that. And uh, he's a kind of a brash personality, but, like, He's, uh, he's a very, like, I'm not his PR. Like, I would have had, there's times I've disagreed with the man over the years. But I guess it's, when you just ask me such a general question, it's hard not to talk about Joe without kind of starting with him. Because that's kind of where it started, like, you yeah, know. Yeah. And it is an Irish success story. Um, so I think it's nice to be part of that. And for me, like, I've worked with uh, RTE for so many years beforehand. And it was like, right, this is something totally different. You know, when I came to move, and, uh, and, and Niall rang me and asked me to come and have a chat. It's like, hmm, these guys are doing something different. And even in those nineteen twenty months that I've been there, like, there was no, when I came online, it was joe.e and her.e. Yeah. And in 20 months, it's joe.e, her.e, sportsjoe.e, UK, and UK. although they're ostensibly the same. And, you know, like, he's already, you know, he'll, t- like, kind of half joke and say, yeah, we're going doing, you know, joe.us or joe.au, <laughs> which will be of a, a, an interesting one because this is obviously a big expat community yeah, in yeah. Australia. Uh, so I think hey, it's an interesting time for for was digital. A,
0: was it hard to leave uh, the weekender? <laughs> yeah, no,
2: definitely. I mean, myself and Ruth had a great partnership and was one of my best mates and still one of my best mates. Weekenders was like five years we did that show yeah i started like got that was my first real proper gig in radio um <laughs> maybe my last real proper gig <laughs> in radio i don't like to think in those terms to be honest with you because i love radio i really do it's such a wonderful thing you guys know that because you're involved in audio and yeah podcasting and uh, radio are just exciting. i
1: think i think orland has this kind of weird sauce off radio as well like we, yeah you know, like even with weekenders, like I used to work on Saturdays doing deliveries and I'd have it on the van and it was great because it was that kind of, there was a balance, it was a nice mix, it wasn't just all sport, it wasn't just all whatever, you just had a little bit of something going on, like do you know what I mean, so.
0: You real nice Saturday when you quit anyway because I'd be travelling all over the country playing basketball I listening that. to you on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the day you announced you were quitting and I rang Ray when I got out of the car I was like, what the fuck's going on with Paddy? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, yeah, he's gone, he gone. But it gave me a notice. <laughs> <laughs> you crashed the car. Yeah.
2: yeah. Ah, no, look, At. I mean, it was five great years, but I mean, I was at a stage where I was like, you know, I'm working weekends, and I have nothing against working weekends, but, like, I was very straight with my boss. I was like, listen, I'll do this job Monday to Friday, but I'm not doing it weekends anymore. And I had the luxury at that stage of having seven, eight months like I was working them both together for. Yeah. So I was doing Joe Dot a nine to Friday ninety five or ninety six, but like it wasn't really ninety six. It was. It's not one of those jobs. You you're always on. You're an editor. Like you can't really switch yeah. off. And then Joe Dot, or excuse me, weekenders then Saturday Sunday, and so effectively it was like. And then I just had my son Michael. And he was like literally Nearly the first week I started the job He was born So like from all of his I know exactly how long I've been in Joe Because I just have to think about What age is Michael yeah. And I know exactly <laughs> what age he is So when I say to you I'm 20 once in the job I know that I'm 20 once in the <laughs> yeah, job Because yeah. that's Michael's age um,
0: Seven days a week though Jeez, I man. was
2: crazy And especially like One of my good mates In broadcasting Is Jackie Hurley Who's out in Rio de Doing a great job yeah. And she had her son Just before us And she kind of said I was saying Any advice and I hadn't told her like I was going to take in Joe and she said, well, the only piece of advice, Shane, her husband, he said to me to say to you was don't take on any more projects. So if you don't, do, if you do that, you'll be fine. Because she knew like I would play music, I did this, like I was kind of had a lot of plates spinning, but the band was gone a bit quiet at that stage, which was, which was fine. As they there laughing to myself, I was like, I'm about to take on like one of the biggest projects probably I'll ever take on, which yeah. is be the editor of this massive beast of a website. not. Mm-hmm. yeah so I was like laughing away I couldn't tell her at the time but she was like what are you laughing about I was like ah nothing and she was like you've <laughs> you've got something planned haven't you I was like yeah <laughs> I was like I didn't realise what it was going to be like like anybody who has kids you kind of like honest to god laugh your way into it thinking yeah be grand sure what else can you say like you look at your own parents and you think well they they did it but my god it is nothing like what you expect and the respect that you have for your parents when you have kids you realize you see them as human beings maybe like you never saw them before <laughs> you think about the shit you gave them when you were young Ah, uh, you just it changes your perspective <laughs> like you just go oh man i get it now
0: and you just had your second as well
2: yeah so uh Juliet Congratulations, was born. Man. thank you very much chaps yeah uh she was born uh six weeks ago i wish i should have started a new job <laughs> on <laughs> the day she was born <laughs> all right get then i would project gone. <laughs> Well, she was born on Bastille Day, so I know that. But I couldn't tell you how many weeks ago that was. Uh, so no, she's six weeks older. She's come up in six weeks, so um, she's great. Uh, totally different girl. Like, the terror that I would have had, like, in the delivery room, even was just like, uh, I was. So with Michael, I was like, definitely know it's going to be a boy. And it was a boy. I was like, all right. Ah, yeah, I knew that. Like, because everyone asks you, do you know? And I was like, I think it's going to be a boy. And it was a boy. And then the second time around, it was like, geez, I genuinely don't know because I thought I didn't know. But. When it came to it, we were in the delivery room with the missus and with uh, Joanne. I was like, I realized that I fully it was going to be a boy. Even though I hadn't admitted that to myself, because when the 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 uh, the doctor held up the baby, she goes, and she's the same doctor for the first for Michael. So she has this thing where she kind of goes, it's a, and she like shows <laughs> you the baby, right? And it's you're like, Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> but Michael, I was like see his willy that's grand it's a boy I was like straight in I know the answer to this one but I was so focused on like it being a boy even though I didn't realise it when the doctor held up Juliet I was looking for the willy and I was like I don't see it but I see and there's a lot going on you see the umbilical cord and all sorts my wife would kill me for saying all this now but anyway and I was like oh god my first thought this is the irrational thought I I was like it's a boy without a willy I was like Paddy, go on What's a boy without a Winnie? <laughs> it's a girl uh, I don't know It's just a boy I'd say I was like Something out of The Simpsons I know Where the doctor's like It's a
0: yeah. And are
3: like It's a boy <laughs> Like Hallward <laughs> It's a boy
1: without a Winnie <laughs> Classic Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where to go with no, that
2: no, that's, that's, that's Not that's maybe where you he expected yeah. That first oh. question Which was How's Joe <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
0: And Ray Um, has a boy and a girl So he
2: will be getting tips off Yeah so Ray is one of uh, A mutual friend of both Mine and Graham's, And uh, He's a great guy From Leetrum Yeah so I would have He's got a boy and a girl As well And so I would be asking him A lot of tips (laughs) We must actually At
1: at this point say Thanks Ray Because he basically Pimps us out to people From Leetrum at this stage He also uh, Set us up with Eurovision winner Charlie McGedigan
2: you Charlie so on as we well had yeah, the great
1: yeah. Charlie on he's an absolute gentleman Great father-in-law right. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> on his best behaviour uh, yeah so, Charlie's a great man I yeah. mean a legend like people would say to you um, who's the most famous person from Leitrim I'd always say Charlie McGettigan because Definitely. people like are... And himself, well, no, thank but. you, Graham. I, I don't know if, if that can still be the case, but anyway. Uh, you know, Charlie McGettigan is the, a legend and... Uh, Putting Drumshambo on the map? He did put Drumshambo yeah. on the map, you know? I mean, that's probably something that people would associate. If you know anything about Drumshambo, you'd probably know that Charlie was from Drumshambo because when he won the Eurovision in 94...
0: 90- Four.
2: Four, yeah, because Leitrim won the Connacht the same year. Uh, that's you knowledge. Know, that's not... Look at that. <laughs>
1: Well, okay. no, come on, Jesus, as a Leicster man, if they you can't remember,
2: much. they don't win much. <laughs> the only other <laughs> 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 like, happiest moment in the life of Leitram people for a, ninety-four a was years. a great, great year for Leiter, so, was it? Yeah, we've won two Connacht titles and nothing else. <laughs> oh, sorry, two FBD leagues. That's uh, all. We can't forget that. Uh, so yeah, no, like Charlie is a legend as well.
1: You know, He's so. a good man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Joe is. Absolutely flying. And as you said, Sports show has come along, UK, whore.ie. All these things are in the mix. So as the editor, like, is it just literally a hot mess at times where there's so much going on, you're just like, will you calm down and just type that out for me, please? Or is, <laughs> like it, is, is it organized chaos? Like, you know?
2: We're all on typewriters. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's an interesting one because... It is. A, it can be a very chaotic job. Um, I was. It's nothing like I expected it to be. Like I guess the reason I ended up in Joe is because I studied journalism mm. in DCU. That was my background, and I was in the RT newsroom for three years. Where I started, my first job was in basically a desk between Anne Doyle. And Sharni Vaulon sandwiched between those two two two, th- two legends. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I tell you,
1: that's not a bad sandwich to be a part yeah, of. it's you, not.
2: It's not. Um, <laughs> it was quite the education, and everything. <laughs> really? I you know when you kind of like if you dreamed of working in RT growing up, you'd almost in your dream you'd be. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm careful about this. But you'd be sandwiched between Anne Doyle and Shernie Viola. No. You would be you know, you might be in the general proximity, but then to be there on on my first day, like literally you're sitting here and there is Anne Doyle. Your first is, day? Like yeah, it's an open plan office, yeah. the newsroom, so like they're just right there. And it was just
1: Are the are the differences between working in the RTA newsroom and then working in Joe like are they completely different worlds or?
2: I think they are in some respects. Like actually, they're both open plans. So like, everybody is sitting on the floor. Like all the, the presenters and all the people. Like yeah, the editors in, in say RTE and say the head of news and the head of all that. They have offices, but all the people like Dabo and Sharon and everybody. They're all there, sitting on the floor. Now that's obviously when I was there, which is you know yeah. two thousand five to two thousand eight. <clears throat> Joe's the same. I'm out on the floor, which means that. You are right in the midst of everything. You have to be as editor in the midst of what's happening with the team and everything. And then if something breaks, you know, you all just go to you go to war. I guess digital is different because I think everything's a wee bit closer together. So because RT is, you know, an institution, has been that way for many years, everybody knows what they're doing, more or less, you know. And so Brian Dobson's job is he's a newsreader. He's also a journalist. You know, that's what he does. But all, but then Paddy McKenna's job as editor of Joe, geez, <laughs> Talking about myself in the third person here, well yeah, that yeah. was quite a moment. Uh, okay, well my job as editor of Joe ostensibly is to edit what goes up on the website yeah and kind of make decisions around that. But like to be honest with you, it is so much more obviously the strategy end of things down to just managing people, which is something I never did before and it's totally like a totally different world to the one that I'd come from, because I was only ever used to being managed. And like you know, putting my hand up, complaining about bosses, bitching about <laughs> bosses, all that kind of stuff that we all do. And then you see it from the other side, and you begin to understand. You know, it's it's a difficult job, like. Yeah. Fl- but I really like it. I really like actually just, you know, being I'd say being a manager, but just been I was like liking it to be a Premier League manager. I guess that's my sort of logic. And you know, there's so many different ways you can do it. You can be like. Uh, the the manager puts the arm around your shoulder you can be like the the harder tougher manager but yeah so I mean there's so many different ways to do it I didn't do any managerial courses so I'm totally winging it (laughs) every single day (laughs) it's gone well though (laughs) well I mean I think there's definitely merit in winging stuff as well yeah yeah I mean you can be taught to do 100 different things but sometimes you just have to go on your instincts and I think a lot of it is I don't know. I swear to you. I mean, there's people that have management degrees in that, and they'll tell you far quicker than I would how to do a property. But for me, the essence is how would I like to be treated? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and respect. I think if you try and think about those two things, like for me, morale is the number one. Like that, yeah, and definitely. I would say that to people in meetings, like well, the morale is really good. And then you know, the sort of the people who are like, well, that's not necessarily the best thing. Like that's not necessarily the key. <laughs>
0: objective I don't want to get into manager, uh, management. But the, experience, yeah. but the thing though is uh, the experience though as you go on <coughs> I remember in
1: my day to day job are we going to talk about jobs tonight
0: no I just wanted to say my day to day job we'll yeah. move off this quick yeah. but no
2: Graham you go on top. talk <laughs> <it>. <laughs>
0: my day to day job right? I never would have thought um, I would have uh, wanted a taste of management or team leadership or anything like that but as the time has gone on it's kind of like I'd be able to do this take a bit I've had team leaders and managers in the past where it's like oh my god that absolute weapon then I've had managers my core manager whose man management skills are up there with Martin O'Neill and you just take if I said I'd just copy him I'd be a great manager so I'm going to be a manager <laughs> you doing? have all the skills, Graham. Yeah, yeah. The development well. plan going forward is a management.
2: Plan. I like this. Uh, this is a good. <laughs> I hope your manager and everybody else in the company is listening to this. This that's is your the uh, your pitch. For, I think uh, I was going
1: to say. I think the only reason he's saying that is because people might be listening. He's nah. doing a bit of brown nosing <laughs> yeah. now.
0: brown you
2: know? That's, that's Graham wants a new a new role and a pay rise. Come yeah, on, yeah, exactly, let's just yeah. go, go all in here. Wink,
0: wink. <laughs> what are you opening <laughs> there, buddy? <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, this is great now. I have to say, this. I've been on a few different shows over the years, <laughs> but I've never been handed a, ba- a bag of cans. Yeah, that's... <laughs> well, not one car-pack-y. can. Yeah. So the lads So, um, the lads have got me some craft beer, which is a very nice gesture. I'm going to get them all out here.
0: You like craft beer, do you? I do.
2: Man? I'm a big fan of craft beer. I'm, I'm probably just a big fan of... Beer. Beer. So... Yeah. Let's have a look at these This is very interesting Because I, I know some And I don't know others So KPA is the can That's uh, from Kinsale Kinsale pale, pale Ale Very nice beer Right then And something about as well You know like when you were You started off You started off your drinking career Right <laughs> 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 And you began with like Some of the worst stuff You've ever put in your mouth
1: Rolling Rock
3: But did rolling
1: you drink that in rock? a can? No nah, a bottle
2: yeah, man, you see, promise. I'm talking I'm talking about cans here. In now. the oh, village. Druids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fucking Druids, man. Dutch ah. oh, I True story, <laughs> I didn't have a can of Dutch gold. I was about 22.
2: Really?
1: Yeah, I managed to get that far in, and then I was in college one day, and uh, Dutch stock were going around giving out free cans of Dutch, and I was like, go on, try, live. I <laughs> never talked to Dutch gold. <laughs> no, Jesus.
2: No. Who has ever taken to Dutch <laughs> I gold? Say, like, who was ever? Who has ever thought. I am a Dutch gold drinker. That's what I do. It's it's the choice of economic hardship.
0: It's of No, no, it is In college, I get six cans of That's it.
1: Yeah. Mm. Now buys Dutch gold out of want. No,
2: <laughs> it's economic necessity. No question. But like Dutch gold <clears throat> is only sold in Ireland. This is a fact. It is literally the only market. I read it somewhere. It's not I, Dutch either is it? No. Well, I think it is because I think Heineken make it. Oh, okay. Heineken make it. Yeah, I, I'm fairly probably sure it's one of the big dogs that make it. Probably out, out of the dredges
1: of the good stuff. Do you know what oh, I mean? It,
2: yeah, it's, 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 an, it's an acquired taste. But it's also an unforgettable taste. <laughs> I, I can still, if I think about it, that's Dutch gold. <laughs> I, I've got that taste in my mouth
0: <laughs> right now. <laughs> I was cider, so I was in the Village in Stonehouse. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, Drood's. I, Drood's and Stonehouse. Yeah, Druids druids and bombers, And if you put cider in front of me now, Oh God, Jesus! You're, your your blood begins to. Curl oh, like I, I, I can't, I can't hack it. Like even if we're out and somebody beside me is drinking a pint of bomber, the smell of it alone. I'm like, oh, that's Sunday mornings.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a lot. But I th- <clears throat> I should I digress, or I've we've gone on. But what I'm going to say about something about pale ale or craft beers, yeah, that put them in cans and it's Grant. Like I I would have said I'm not drinking cans anymore. I've I've graduated to bottles. I feel like I'm in my 30s now. I can move beyond cans, yeah. you know? Uh, lovely cans, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. Beyond lovely cans. But no, I'm back to cans. I do love... A uh, little sip, no. Yeah. Ah, that's lovely. <laughs> lovely cans. I do love a can of... I um, of a KPA, and I love a can of Brooklyn. Brooklyn Lager is my favourite. I don't even... I couldn't say it's a craft beer, Right, But it's a beer that I wouldn't have drank until recently. And a bottle or a can is just so satisfying.
1: Does O'Hara's pale ale count as a craft beer?
2: I think so. I know they were kind of there already. But I mean, do you know, like they are like... I think all these pale ales count as craft. Yeah. Very quickly, the other pale ales give them their due. Four provinces brew. The hurler copper ale, which I've never had. Looks lovely. We'll see. Where is it made? Because I'm always interested in that. Dublin, Ireland. All right, so that's Dublin <laughs> Ale. This one, so we've got a Cork and Dublin here. This is the All-Ireland of pale ales.
1: Brewed in a bathtub in Clonakilty. That would be a good
2: one in Ireland. <laughs> <This laughs> Mitchellstown. That's Polar Vortex IPA. Eight degrees. And even, and
1: and even has the words Polar Vortex yeah, it. and I'm like, I'm in, I'm in.
2: No, I'm we'll the opposite. And the, this one is... Vic's secret, Vic's secret. <laughs> it's like Vic's vapor rub yeah. I've made of a, a pale ale. <laughs> Jeez, that's it as a kick in that. <laughs> so three Cork and one one Dublin. It's not quite an yeah. all Ireland. So I, the four provinces though. So that's Dublin. But that's is that is that, one, is that
0: your favorite, Graham? No, I don't drink craft craft beer.
2: What do you? What would you drink? Um, <clears throat> I'd say you order a Some
0: whiskey, oh. and ginger ale. All right, okay. with a slice of lime.
2: Jemison ale, slice alone. That sounds nice. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Or uh, when I'm drinking with your man beside me, we get whiskey sours. Love a whiskey a sour. Snob.
2: Love a whiskey sour. That is a nice. It's a lovely, manly, yeah. <laughs> cocktail.
0: It's a lovely bitter. You're kind of tasting. You're like. Oh, you're I,
1: the look, taste. I, I, as a 28 year old man, have no problem at all in admitting that if I walk in and I see a cocktail menu, the very first thing I would look for is a strawberry daiquiri.
0: So the, I, <laughs> uh-huh. Speaking of manly yeah, cocktails A, a, a Ducati, yeah, <laughs> a strawberry, a strawberry a daiquiri strawberry daiquiri
1: And, and I, I will feel hard done by If there's no umbrella in it
0: <laughs> Thunder Rock Cafe was a great stra- a strawberry
1: daiquiri Did I? Yeah uh, Porter House I've had a few And quite nice They used to do uh, On a Tuesday Two for the tenner And I'd come home from college Absolutely awesome <laughs> <laughs> two for the
0: tenner two for the tenner craft beer's just <laughs> taken off all the last five years isn't it yeah it's
2: crazy yeah. and where I'm from now uh, in Leeds from in Shambo, one of the actual the success stories from industry is they've built a craft brewery in the in this old ab- old abandoned jam factory, <laughs> really? Yeah, it's genuinely. It's probably selling jam on, jars, isn't
1: it? Hang on a second. Who abandons a jam factory? <laughs> jam yeah. is delicious,
2: man. Times are tough when jam is no longer <laughs> required. <laughs> Dude, they're all. I'm sorry, we've no money. I've spent it all on Dutch gold. <laughs> 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 Dutch gold or jam? I'm afraid there's only one option here. Jam.
0: We go with jam. Jam, so way, I? actually. Yeah.
2: Now. Uh, when I was 18, maybe different. But, yeah, so they've put jam, put jam no, they've put a beer, a brewery in there called Corrick, which is um, a very nice IPA as well. And they make a different types of, sorry, it's in a very nice craft beer, and they make an IPA, and they do a few other different bits and pieces. They make, a, there's a gold, there's an amber ale as well. And then they've just added, this one might be of interest, because they've just added in a a gin, a gin line, it's called Drumshambo Gunpowder Ale. Sorry, Drumshambo Gunpowder Gin, and has just been voted the best gin in Ireland. Ooh. Right. Gin's after
0: right. of taking off, isn't it? See, gin has gone nuts as well. People are like, mad uh, for Hendricks, G&T, yeah. yeah. G&T, like gin and Yeah, gin and tonic, they <clears> look yeah. refreshing though. Do you ever see the big Yeah, the big hipster glasses with them? Yeah, Soda and coal. That's how they have them.
1: I've, I've just, mainly from drinking with Oleg, but you know, like, drinking for me is turned into a shot of whiskey followed by a sup of apple juice to take the burn off it. <laughs> that's, that's how we drink now. And, like, we're two bottles into whiskey, and it's only when I go to stand up, I'm like, oh, no. So, and then I told my Vegas story uh, when we had Pizza Carroll on, where I was lying down drinking cocktails, manly cocktails again. And uh, <laughs> it was only when I stood manly. up, I fell through, not <coughs> onto, through a deck chair. Um, so I've noticed that my drinking habits have completely changed from when I was a kid.
2: I love that like, <laughs> My drinking habits have definitely changed since I was six years of age <laughs> Yeah exactly Drinking have. pints of harp
0: at
1: the age of six <laughs> Tenants of harp um, I used to love a pint of smitics. Really? Yeah no. used, used to be mad for a pint of smitics, Not anymore I couldn't if, Like Bulmers again If you put it in front of me um, The worst craft beer I have ever tasted in my life by the way Hobgoblin Never I mean, had it. Oh Jesus! Well, shouldn't I shouldn't. And we drink something called Hobgoblin.
0: What's the huh? What's the craft um, cider that I was Stone Stonewell's. Stonewell, Well, that's delicious.
2: I'll tell you now. There is some good. Like uh, we're all used to the taste of Bulmers, mm. obviously. Mm. Bit too used to it. Bit too used, and it's and Bulmers nice cider uh, in its own way. But if you've over, unless you've overdone it, but like it can be very bitter. But like mm. I'd say. Stonewall, 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 yeah. Stonewall. Is that kind of a bit sweeter? There's it's a, a medium. I
0: and
1: was, was gonna s- say it's a bit lighter. It's a bit lighter,
0: yeah.
2: Because Orchard teas I had for the first time there recently. That's quite decent. Yeah, yeah, I
1: had a Stella cider actually, but out of necessity because there was they weren't serving any other alcohol. Jeez. So uh, a, Stella yeah, Stella a Stella
2: cider, a Stella. And it came.
1: It came in a fancy. I was like, that's a wine glass. <laughs> actually, not too, not too uh, different from the glasses we have in front of us here in the Fabulous and Famous Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel. Um,
0: but. Uh, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Like The, or, the Orchard Thieves uh, can just reminds me too much of or Stonehouse. What is it? The, 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 the Orchard Orch- Thieves? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, is that Correct. the one with the little dog or the fox or something? Yeah, fox. Yeah, yeah. yeah I haven't tried it. What you you were at the Euros this past summer, Paddy. That was yeah. a jump, crime. What did you drink over there? Oh, well, a segue, sweetie. That's
2: a, <laughs> a good question. Um, well, we actually had... Um, it's very pricey, isn't it, though? for the drinking crazy Paris. lads but well, we yeah. got into this this is going to sound like we are honestly the three biggest alcoholics in <laughs> Ireland because we are, I actually I have something to say about the beer lots to say about the beer in so we were on the shoof have you had shoof
0: shoof no I've never really yeah. heard of
2: it so shoof is a french lager and it is Rocket fuel I thought it was a polish If I'm this yeah, yeah. like You know what I mean <laughs> yeah. Well it's many things To many people Because <laughs> since polish. we've We've come home It's become a verb An adjective <laughs> Stuff like Oh I was shoofed over Last night <laughs> <laughs> And I've just begun To measure time In like shoofs. So like It's like When was that again Oh it was about 600 shoofs ago Just like That's a measurement now For like How long it takes you To drink a pint of shoof. So like Schuof is it's a famous French lager, and actually speaking of goblins, the you'll notice the tap has a wee goblin on it, right? I actually a really ugly little goblin on top of the the tap, so it makes it stand out at the bar. But the the draft is eight percent, right?
1: Model on Sarkozy, is it?
2: <laughs> I think it might be actually, yeah. <laughs> The draft is eight percent, which like a pint of lager, eight percent, it is rocket fuel. And then they have this stuff called Christmas shoof, which I think they'll have to keep under lock and key, and it's eleven percent.
1: Christmas shoof.
2: Christmas shoof. Eleven percent. But they serve it whenever. It's like it's wrong.
0: <laughs> it's really I don't weird. have a
2: Christmas shoof in July or June <laughs> in the blazing hot sunshine.
0: With Irish supporters
1: i wasn't i wasn't interested until you said christmas shoe from at 11 i was like why does get so special on christmas what's going on it's
2: good marketing that's what that yeah, is yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we uh we were on the shoe over there look at it we were also working so i just want to say like this was responsible drinking and i would 100%. say drink aware drink responsibly etc responsible sensible hat on going on there but uh yeah i yeah, know the french they do a nice shoe is a lovely beer and it can be gotten in Ireland because I've checked since I've come home. <laughs> Have you bought <laughs> it? The, the thing it is, where I live in Clemenham, there's a great off license there. And, like, it's a small little corner shop. You'd never expect it to mace. You'd honestly never expect it. You would not get a, a, a loaf of bread in there, but you will get a bottle of shoe. <laughs> way? Are you serious? I swear to God, I went into the lads. Oh, my God. I said, God. uh, and I'm not joking, it's one of those places, I don't know if, even know if they've got bread. They are a convenience shop, so they do, like, bread and milk. And I was like to the lads, do you have, do you serve shoof? Because they do say they have hundreds of beers. Like, they, they, like the, whoever's there is obviously into it. And he said to me, is it the Christmas shoof or the regular shoof? <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, like, I well, we've gone to DEFCON 1 here with the, uh, the beer lads. So yeah, I was like, jeez, you got both? So, yeah, I didn't get the Christmas stuff. We got a bottle of regular soup and I sent a picture on to the lads I was out in. Brilliant. Yeah, so we, uh, they were, they were impressed.
0: Did you enjoy your experience at the Euros?
2: Yeah, amazing. Like, just, I'm glad now we're back onto the, the, what happened on the field and the experience. Amazing time. Um, I was at the Euros in 2012 in Poznan and that was unbelievable like because, you know, when you're, Poznan was just perfect, you know, sort of, perfectly built for football fans. It's this square, and then all the fans poured into the square, and it's surrounded by restaurants and bars and all that kind of stuff. Paris, I did go over there, and there's a couple of things in my mind. One security threat was obviously, like, there was nobody that, wasn't going over, that was not going over and wasn't thinking, this could be hairy, you yeah, know? It's there yeah. in the back of your mind. Definitely there with anybody, you know, any friends, family, or whatever, <clears throat> excuse me, they might ask you about it. They're saying... Are you worried about the security threat? But like what we actually encountered was just unbelievable. Like we got in there and I kind of thought, where's going to be the hub? Like Poznan had this little town. It wasn't a big town. It's not a big city. It's got this amazing hub. but You could literally put five, 6,000 fans into it. And I was like, where's going to be like that Poznan hub? But like two days in, we we're like, cliche. This word came around. Cliche is the place to go. And so I went up there and I remember... I got the tube stop for Clichy, and I came off off the underground uh, tube, sorry, the metro. And I was coming up, and I was still—I knew I was like from maps. I was like like a kilometer away from where all the pubs are and where the strip is. Yeah. And but as I came up the up the, the escalator, and I, I hit the the ground, all I could hear is echoing down the street. Come on, you boys in green, and I was like the hairs in the back of my neck just stood up. I was <laughs> like, I'm a kilometre away. And this is just reverberating down this French, I'm big French, yeah. you know, not a little sort of side street, proper boulevard, traffic roaring, Irish fans a kilometre away, you could hear them clear as day. And as I walked close, it just got louder and louder and louder. I got out the phone, I was like, I'm going. And like, obviously for us, it, we, a big part of it was covering it on social, which is, yeah. you know, how we report a lot of <clears throat> stuff on the Periscope, lashed that up, like within 30 seconds, there's a thousand people on a periscope, I've never seen anything like that, like periscope can be a bit slow, I was like Jesus, I was like this is unbelievable, P- people at home hadn't seen anything, they wanted to know, what was going on with the Irish fans, and they hadn't seen anything from the fans yet, because I think that was maybe the Saturday, and it was really the first day, they'd arrived in on mass, um, so I said to his periscope, I was like listen, I'm actually moving this over to Facebook live, over to Facebook live for Joe, and like just walked around the corner, and like, boom just this street from one side of the street to the other from on one side was the harp bar and uh, two two other irish bars we're, we're talking around the moulin rouge if you know this yeah. area of france and like from one side of the street and we're talking two or three lanes of traffic and a little green area down the middle full of irish fans singing at the top of their voices just arrived so in the best form of their lives and the noise, the crack. I just said to one of the lads, like obviously, and Joe, we get a lot of user-generated content. A lot of that is kind of viral stuff, and a lot of that is just guys having a good time or having a bit of crack. I just like said, there's like twenty, thirty stories happening here at once. Over here, mm. there's a lad trying to kick a a football into someone's balcony, and like the French were just like having a great laugh. I was going to say,
0: it. what were the what were the locals like?
2: Oh, like on that street, they were incredibly sound, and everywhere we met, they were. I think they were just so happy they got the vibe and the yeah. vibe was positive it was like look we're not here to cause trouble but we're going to be we're going to make our presence felt
3: yeah so like,
2: if you can just give us a bit of leeway there'll be like you're not going to have any issues like and that first day when I arrived into Place de Clichy, the road was jammed and we're talking rush hour traffic on a busy Sunday evening in Paris as far up as you could see, the traffic was backed up on both sides of the street. People were coming down on mopeds and the Irish were jumping up on the, on the back of the mopeds. They were jumping into lorries. But most of the people were just laughing along and I could not believe that they were actually... Really? Were
0: anticipating kind of <coughs> if someone's going to get on the back of a moped here? I thought was going, going to be
2: slaps, it's going to be war. But there wasn't. But there wasn't. Uh, maybe they were afraid. I don't know. But like they were mostly just... They were 100% going for it. Then these two French policemen arrived down. Just two. Like, obviously, the word had gone up, lads. The traffic is at a standstill in this place, like Plastella Cliché. And the reason it was at a standstill was because um, this massive truck was trying to get through. And then these lads, just one lad just sat down in front of the truck, Right. And then suddenly, all these other lads just poured in behind them. And the next thing they're doing, this rock the boat. And then this one lad just decided he was going to try to crowd surf down the middle of the rock the boat. I've seen that clip. Yeah, no, that that's what happened. And so that's, that was it. I was like, just out with the phone. Oh, I have to get this. is amazing. And then the headline was obviously something like, you know, traffic in Paris comes to a standstill. Irish fan tries to, you know, uh, crowd surf a rock the boat. Like, it's just <laughs> like, how much stuff can you put into one thing, like, you know, yeah, yeah, one yeah. video? And uh, the police came in and they were like, I just saw them on walkie talkies. And the night before, French and Russian fans had clashed in Marseille, and I just thought, oh, Jesus, if they get heavy here, yeah. this could get ugly. And there was no bad vibes. But to be fair to the French police, I just thought, please close the road. They just closed the road, diverted the traffic. I met a few French people that were really pissed off. Like, it took me four hours to get home this evening. It should only take an hour, but uh,
0: they're they're, really it was far, unbelievable.
1: I think. Um, because the context wasn't lost on people with all the shit that had gone on in France over the, the previous few months and obviously it was a city kind of on edge and as you said then there was crowd trouble between other nations and that and then in the midst of all that you've got the lads yeah. from down the road cheering every time some chap walks in on the balcony. And then Boone, when he walked back inside, just little That's small it. things like that. And then it, it did, it grew into this thing where the fans became the spectacle. The, people almost forgot about the football at one point and it was, what are the fans doing? What we've the fans
0: experienced doing? it as well because we've, we've travelled abroad <coughs> for Conor McGregor's three or four fights Right, and, five. and I've
2: seen you uh, in the midst of all that. Crowd. Yeah,
0: and it's, again, it's...
1: crowd it's, it's, surfing it's, in the MGM.
0: <laughs> I was just launched up. I didn't give approval. <laughs> lift, lift, lift me, lift me. <laughs> <yourself. laughs> absolutely loving life I've
1: been at weddings where you've demanded to be lifted when uh, okay, put them under down. pressure has come on so
0: <laughs> I, I would well believe I wish I could remember <laughs> but like that there's an acceptance almost um, we're, particularly we were at the what was supposed to be the Conor McGregor Jose Aldo first fight last July and I'd never seen a crowd like it the Friday you know, the Friday of the weigh in like there was just pandemonium at yeah. like 2, 3 o'clock but there was an acceptance in that other holiday makers and staff were getting their phones out and taking pictures. Yeah. And th- they were loving They were loving it. Like, like the, for a, f- a 12, 13, 14,000-seater stadium arena to be filled for a weigh-in was just crazy.
2: Yeah, I think there's just... An, like, there is... The reputation is out there that the Irish fans are just... Like, they have a good reputation. And we all yeah. know that. And I think... The the onus is on us to protect that, and I do think the Irish fans do that. Like,
0: I think you're right. I've yeah. never
2: seen anything like the self policing that went on out there. Like, yeah. you know, there's a moment where like someone just has pushed it too far. Like, you know, this guy is trying to get by in a truck or whatever, and I'm sure you have examples of this Graham. And he's trying to get by, and this lad is like still doing one handed press ups. <laughs> like, you know, it was <laughs> it was funny for a minute. Yeah, and like then it's like, come on, let that yeah. man through. But,
0: but if you see it, if if one lad's doing that, and there's four or five of his <clears throat> mates, two or three of his mates might say, come on. That's what happens, you know. I, I saw, know, yeah.
2: like, this one lad, hilarious for, like, 30 seconds, one-handed push-ups in front of a truck, stopping the traffic, and then he's still going, like, you know, maybe he's at a couple too many jars, and he doesn't know when the joke's over. And then his mates just come in, and they pull him off the back, you're yeah, done.
0: Yeah.
2: It just self-polices, like, yeah. you know. But even
1: even the, the the clip as well, the lads clean up for the boys in green, going around picking up their own bottles, like.
2: yeah, Like, even that. Yeah, no, brain. look, it, I mean, there's maybe a point where you become almost too keenly aware of the reputation Mm. because then it
0: creates hate doesn't it yeah because we are don't forget we are still a nation of begrudgers so
2: yeah i definitely felt that like after maybe you know a few days people at home were like oh just get fucking over yourselves lads."
0: and then as editor as of of joe were you were you kind of forced to relax a bit on putting content up
2: (sighs) honestly we didn't like i just felt like this is all positive stuff right and like we weren't putting up anything that I felt like, and we were there as well. Like, I felt like, we're there, we're going to tell you the story. Uh, a very comprehensive story across Joe and Sports Joe. Our brief on Joe was to follow the fans, and I knew there'd be great stories out of that. And there was, from that first story of the lads trying to crowd surf on the Rock the Boat, which wasn't the biggest story, but it was the one that kind of kicked it off for us. Then the next day, we had like, the Swedish fans and the Irish fans singing ABBA together, which Brilliant. was just amazing. Yeah. And then from there, like, we, got all, we were there for those. Then suddenly people are going... Do you know where we'll send that video now? We'll send that to Joe. So the priest one, where it's like our father, sorry, the nun, but yeah. they're singing our father who art in heaven, like to the nun. The train. On the train, which was just so funny. Somebody sent that to Joe. They're like, listen, saw your videos. What do you think it is? Is this a bit of crack? And it's like, Jesus, that is brilliant. And like, for us, the model for Joe is, we're not looking to, like, we're not looking to put that into a player and put pre-roll ads around them. We're just saying, look, do you mind if we put it on YouTube? And again, we're not. We don't do any YouTube pre-roll or anything like that. Um, so we just host it on YouTube, put it on the website. And a bit like, we'd say, radio stations back in the day. It's like this shout-out. Look, it's so-and-so sent this into us. Absolutely brilliant. And we're saying to our community, do you, do you like this? We think it's hilarious. What do you think? And people just go, ah, oh, that's mega. Yeah. Um, and then what's happening at the moment, which is interesting, is because that content is viral content, un- un- undoubtedly viral, people who create that stuff and they put it on YouTube or wherever they put it, there are people that are looking to, obviously, they're looking to directly monetize off those videos. Mm. So a lot of people are creating video now and they're contacted by, you know, different agencies and they're saying, we'll give you a split of anything we can make. We'll sell ads on the video or we'll sell the video to a CNN or, you know, BuzzFeed or whomever and then we'll split the revenue. And so I think a lot of people are probably, if you create a viral video, getting some contact like that. And they're like, right, I'm not sure. And like from E's point of view, we're not going to get in the way. If that's something you want to do, fine. We're just saying, here, do you want to share this? Or even post it on your own page, post it on Facebook, post it on YouTube, send it to us. Again, for us, it's just a way of just like, like spreading it to the wider community. Because like our revenue stream, that's not part of our model, like, you know, yeah. what we do. So the user-generated content for us is a huge part of what we do. And, like, it is just a way of kind of reaching out to the larger community and, I suppose, people of similar personality and humor having the crack and seeing what other people find funny, you know?
0: But it was great as well because the difference this Euros and in Poznan was that the performances on the pitch.
2: Man, that was everything.
0: Do you know what I mean? It was... It just there was always hope there, do you know?
2: You talked about begrudgery. Can you imagine... The resentment and the bitterness. Like, I love Ireland and I love Irish people, but when the shit hits the fan, it can go very bad very quickly. Like, if we didn't win that Italy game, all those Irish fans would have been made a mockery of, Why you mm. yeah, you're all fucking singing out there all week, and it would just be got nasty. When that goal went in for Robbie Brady, which was absolutely incredible, I was in the stadium privileged to be there, it just meant everything that happened beforehand it justified it mm. it was like and what a present from the team because they were saying to the fans you've delivered for us and we're delivering for you
0: getting goosebumps there I was
2: yeah man that was, that was a moment
0: yeah I was in the local pub and the place just got all it was just it was brilliant, like but like there I'd say there was a bit of sense relief from the fans that were like, oh. Right, this is justification now. Thanks lads, thanks for we can have one more night now, uh, play the French. Do you know? But there is the other begrudgery though, and um, we've we've talked about it before in the podcast about League of I'm a big League of World of fan. Yeah. So there's that begrudgery of Oh, they're great supporters for the National League, but will they show up at the League Which of Worlds? Which is legitimate. Games? Yeah, you think, think it's legitimate? That's what, that's I was gonna request That's what, what, I, what think that's ring, I think. That's I think
1: that swings both ways, though, because you get League of Ireland fans then who almost have this superiority complex, yeah, they do. and they're like, "Oh, you're not a real fan. Go follow your local team, not some English team." And I'm like, "Well, you can follow who you want." Like, I mean, I agree
2: with that too. I think it's I think it. You said it like it does swing both ways. Like, yeah. I understand fans when they get fr- frustrated with <clears throat> people that will spend loads of money on following the national team but people are in tight like that was a joyful experience going yeah. to France following your national team like is a joyful experience like the league has a lot of work to do and like I would be the first to say like I grew up we followed Sligo Rovers my dad is a massive Sligo Rovers fan and we went to loads and loads of games but I never really got bitten by the bug because like for me I'm from Leitrim Sligo doesn't mean anything to me like it just I just couldn't make that connection. There was
0: no emotional attachment.
2: There wasn't. My dad had made that jump for whatever reason he just wanted to have his local team. Sligo didn't matter. In where
0: fact, where sorry cut across but where was where you support Everton? Where's the emotional attachment with Everton?
2: I don't know, but I mean and I mean that's a fair question, Graham. Yeah. Like I started supporting Everton when I was 5. And, like, I, I know that because, like, you know, the sort of 87 Cup final is when I began to support Everton. And, like, I was literally, like, asking my dad, which team am I going to support? <laughs> and he was like, well, he's a United fan, so he obviously didn't want either, of those, either <laughs> yeah. of those teams. But, like, I, for some reason, I think Everton were wearing, like, a kind of a yellowy top, but it was a dirty yellowy, like, it was a, kind of yeah. an, almost a black thread through it. Real he's like you just like the jersey, well, totally. Because no, actually, I was obsessed with Coca Cola, I was just like drank loads of coke, and I was like, I'm gonna support the team that a bit like Coke. But I was clearly colorblind because I've seen the picture since, it looks nothing like Coke. And uh, that was that's Everton, so that was it. I have no uncles, bro- brothers, or my father doesn't support Everton, but they were moderately successful then when they won the league in '86 so I don't know I Graham do you know something I'm almost afraid to investigate that too deeply because <laughs> I love Everton I love supporting Everton and then when I went to Liverpool I honestly I'll be totally honest with you I it was the least I felt like an Everton fan I am very comfortable being an Everton fan from my couch in Dublin <laughs> when I went to Liverpool I was like this, these people this is their club Yeah, I don't come from here yeah this isn't my club. I, I like. I felt really like weirded out by it, and so I wasn't rushing back to Goodison Park, even though it's a lovely stadium and the Scousers are great. They're great crack, like, and it's great banter. I don't know. I'll have to investigate. But it's that.
0: like you're entitled to follow who you want. I think. I think the begrudgery or the the annoyance um, that League of Ireland fans would have had um, is that. I think that Danny's right as well, saying about you know they're a bit. They're a bit moans or whatever, League of Ireland fans. But I think when the media puts the monarch of uh, greatest fans in the world and the FEI sure jump enough. on that greatest fans in the world, I think I think there's a separation, though. You're allowed to be the greatest international fans in the world It doesn't have to go to your National League as much as I would love. Like we've seen Dundalk there during the week where um, 30... Thousand plus fans went to Lansdowne Road to watch them in the Champions League like the only way you're going to get that more regular is that if more people showed up to the League of Orleans games but then we talk about the stadiums need facilities so just think it's it
2: I don't I, look it's a fascinating question because like it is there is a two facedness to it like you know we're passionate international fans and yet we like we can't bring ourselves to support like we can't like the evidence is there like the attendances aren't there we can't bring ourselves to really follow the clubs but i think it comes down to so many different things marketing is obviously the biggest one like yeah. you asked me why do i why do i feel an emotional connection with Everton? well it does definitely go back to being a kid and that's how i supported but then again, tiger overs was there but the marketing like sky have just it's so seductive <laughs> like the premier league is shit a lot of the times but they managed to package it like it is like an art form.
1: There is no such thing as Super Sunday when the match involves Middlesbrough <laughs> and, and Portsmouth or something. Do you know what I mean? That's not a Super
0: Sunday. Are on this Super Sunday. Are
2: yeah. Jesus. in Sunderland. Sky never talked down the quality. Oh, no. Like, I mean, obviously, this is just part and parcel of they have spent so much money on this product. They've invested that much. And they're never going to talk it down. Like my dad will always like we like we have a joke when we're watching really shit football. I'll say it to him like if I he's watching a game I'm like what was the game like even if it was a League of Ireland game, and he'll say oh it was a fascinating tactical battle, <laughs> and that's a reference to an Andy Gray yeah. comment, a regular one yeah. when it was fucking nil nil between <laughs> Barnsley and you Charlton. know Charlton. And it come Andy Gray in the, in the studio, what do you reckon? Oh, it's a fascinating tactical <laughs> battle, which is just basically code for saying it's the worst game <laughs> of football that anybody has ever seen.
1: But it's not just Sky, and it's not like, what you're saying is 100% right, and it's how you market what is essentially paint-fucking-drawing. The UFC are amazing at it. Yeah. Every fight is the biggest fight in the history of About the
0: division.
2: Time. Well... Every single fight. Until wait. 2.02, though. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. But sure.
2: wait, wait till 2.03. <laughs> you know I mean? But I wait, think 2.02, they have, they've, the, the hype has been there.
1: Well, until the press conference.
2: Yeah, but obviously that's the tactic. It's been like, here, Connor. we leave you off until that last yeah. week, and then we're go- you're going to have to give it 110%. Oh, let's stage the- it. Like, it's stage, isn't it, Graham? The fight there last <clears throat> night, that's just <clears throat> totally like agreed upon.
0: I I think it was perhaps pl- uh, pre-planned by the Diaz brothers in that they planned to do a walk-off because mm. um, they've uh, done but, that for years. So. I'm, I'm not sure. All of them. I'm not sure of the bottles and the all bottles that. You don't think that was, was planned? I don't think that was planned. Okay. Uh, but I could, re- I could I could I 100% see. We me and Danny were talking about it as it was happening, and I can 100% see where kind of the casual fan is sceptical over it because UFC straight away and all their social media platforms were kind of taking the piss out of it. You know, one of their clips had like two and a half million views in about an hour. Do you know? So I can see why there are people that are sceptic. I feel
2: like for honest, true, like long-time UFC fans, that must be really disappointing because it looks like a gimmick. And I just think for like the... And I didn't see that in a few, like, they're taking the piss out of it, like, does it have to be this much of a pantomime? Because
1: the, the guys are yeah.
2: unbelievable technicians and athletes. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's... Now you're I, there, right? I, I pretty much agree. tweeted that. I said, I into pantomime last night, and, you know, it's just... Two two fellows who are meant to go in, and uh, this elite combat, and then they're standing 20, 30 feet away from each other in... in in david copperfield's fucking theater (laughs) like david copperfield is gonna go in there later on that night and make people disappear (laughs) right and they're sculling bottles and cans at one another like something you'd see at the canal in town after a dubs match
0: but it was it was when the diaz brothers and their entourage kind of walked off like they were walking off as if they were gangsters you know what i mean from california they're gangsters and i i I was i would have been happy and not well, I wouldn't say that I was a bit embarrassed or let down or anything like that. I, I kind of just laughed at it when Connor reacted the way he did. But I would have been happier if they didn't throw bottles.
1: I still, and I said it to you as well. The best reaction McGregor could have had there would have been to pick up on the bottles, open it, and take a sip out of it and be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, and just like just they uh, dimin- got under it. his skin. They did, yeah. Did they rattled him.
3: yeah.
0: And I think um, I was saying to Danny as well. There was some <coughs> amateur footage of the Diaz brothers and their entourage throwing. Bottles and cups of coffee and stuff like that, and it looked like it was in the direction of all the lads' uh, girlfriends. So I think, I think I'm not coming up with excuses for Connor, but I think that's why he he, he looked his, his facial expression just shifted to. Super serious mode and like, right? I'm retaliating here because all the the fighters and the sparring partners were to the right, and all the women were to the left.
1: I think the Diaz Has got exactly what they want. They got a reaction. They got a rise yeah, yeah. That's all they were set now for. And Connor took a hook line and Singer. That's, yeah. that's Graham.
2: Amazing. I know you're a big fan. Do you like Nate Diaz?
0: I don't like Nate Diaz no um, I What's I like his I, brother's I, name again? Nick. Nick. I I have to. I have a bit of time for Nick. Do you like Jose Aldo? Um. No, because I put money into going to watch him fight and he pulled out and he didn't even say sorry to the fans.
2: <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah. I just wondered because I think that the marketing from, we'll say the UFC and McGregor has been largely about making McGregor the good guy. And I know it's not like wrestling and I'm not saying hmm. that, but like, there's definitely a narrative there. Oh, but um, the they... marketing is, McGregor's the good guy, Aldo is the bad guy or Nate Diaz is the yeah. bad guy. And like I was just chatting to my mate there, <clears throat> sorry, Joe Joe Harrington, he's my mate, also he's Joe's reporter in Rio. And he's right in Aldo's neighborhood now, it's where he's staying. And he was saying like he's Aldo has his gym there and he's got a burger bar a restaurant there. Yeah, it's really small. Just it up. Yeah. Yeah. And he said like Aldo's there most days and a couple of Irish lads that he knew were in and they're like, Is Jose here? And yeah, we're really big fans, but he come out and he came out really sound, posed for selfies. And Joe's been chatting to people in the area, and they just have nothing but good things to say. He's always there in the community. He gives so much to charity. He does so much for the local community. Yeah. Uh, says hello to everybody. Like, honest to God, this man is a saint, and not he's a just hero, the, yeah, yeah. a hero. Yeah, a hero to the people on one side, but also totally active in the community. Give him back, and like again, Joe's just saying like not just from one person. Everybody's saying like he's walking on the street. He's saying, "How are you, Fabio, whatever?" In Portuguese, coming over, saying to him like, "How's the family?" It remembers the names of people. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about a seriously good guy.
1: This is the guy as well, though. That now, don't get me wrong. When when Conor was fighting him, I, I was obviously cheering Connor on, and I wouldn't be a huge fan of Aldo. I I would respect him though, like. And this is a guy who, if you remember, when they done that media tour and the the press conference in Dublin, which turned into again pantomime but i thought in a slightly brilliant way when you robbed the belt and all that and it, it went mad it then descended into farce with fans, fans asking ridiculous questions and, yeah more or less that that, awesome that, awesome. Got we abs- that got absolutely um, that got absolutely well. ridiculous and but then the same jose aldo then got on one of those bikes and just cycled around the city and when people stopped him for photos he was smiling with them laughing with them but he spent the rest of the day cycling around the city just...
2: That appeals to me more than McGregor's personality. I just don't... I can see why, yeah. Like, and I've had ups and downs, ins and outs of McGregor. I'm, I get you all... I bet you, bet you have too, like, where you're, like, go through periods where really you just... You idolise him and then... And I personally don't, but, like, I, I know you're a super mm. fan, Graham. Um, and then you kind of come away and you kind of maybe disappointed by certain things that he's done or things that he said. Like, does that happen? Genuine question. I'm trying to think...
0: Does
1: that happen to you? Um, it has done. One of the things that I kind of, I don't, I don't know if if it's by, I don't know how much he how much thought he puts into when he's having his little verbal jibes and that, but I think he's being quick to kind of go through these stereotypes with people. Like, So with Diaz, for example, he's talking about, the, like he's bringing up sort of derogatory Mexican terms. With Aldo In it was the same. Um, talking about what was it he said he was going to go to his favelas to go to the favelas and all this and talking about slums in Brazil and all that and I was going like you don't need to go there like Yeah,
0: you know it's the same with it's, like, it's
2: classless is the word
1: yeah like when we were talking to Dave Hannigan about Muhammad Ali and we were talking about sometimes Ali crossing that line I do think Connor has crossed that line too now there's times where I think Connor is being brilliant but there are times where he says something and I'm like yeah that's no that's not appealing to me yeah I
0: suppose sometimes I just don't take it serious yeah, but
2: you have to be, you can't have a carte blanche. You can't say, mm. it's just the way he is. That's his personality. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I'm wouldn't. i not saying that you're saying that, Graham, yeah. but I do think people will apologize for McGregor by saying, well, look, he's playing the game. You know, he says things because that's what markets fights, but, but the, the, that line the, is a line I don't think you need to cross. Yeah, what you just described.
1: I would say the flip of that, though, is that a, a UFC fighter by the name of Chael Summon, had a rivalry with a brazilian fighter in anderson silva and done almost worse than mcgregor in what he was saying but he done it in a way that had this th- th- this almost cartoonish comedy sort of element that it didn't have that sort of i don't want to say viciousness that mcgregor sometimes had with it but like for one of well, the examples the,
0: the narrative which el him was it was a pro wrestling narrative almost yeah it, it was, was a shtick
1: fan, as opposed was, to
0: he knew he was he was a businessman, and he was trying to sell pay per view numbers. Yeah,
1: like the the example that it always boils back to was where he's saying like that. Uh, he said uh, he grew up in America, and when he looked around, he seen all the kids with the newest Nike runners and the latest technology. And then he went and he went to Anderson's hometown, and he seen the kids playing in the dirt. But he done it in this way that was like when when I say it, it still sounds derogatory. But when when Child said it in the press conference, you were kind of like, oh what's Anderson going to say now? It wasn't a kind of like, you didn't want to take a step back from it. And then he brought it a step forward with the Nogueira brothers. And he was basically saying that the first time that they came to America, they were trying to feed a bus a carrot because they thought it was a, do- a robotic donkey and all it. Like mm. it Again, as you said, it's this pro wrestling almost like shtick that it,
0: it the didn't seem like to separate themselves from pro wrestling, but they can't. Because a lot of Man. their fan base is pro wrestling fans. And... Pro wrestling soap opera, you know. They yeah. demand it. They demand it, and
1: but that's it, what garners the attention as well. Like, yeah, yeah. like, like as we were saying, Paddy, there's absolutely very little build up to two hundred two. Very little hype around it, and then all of a sudden, Boom. the the nonsense kicks off that press Depending conference. On. And
2: but will they sell the PPVs? I think <sighs> they will.
0: Well, it's it'll be interesting because the stadium tickets haven't gone.
1: Nah, but the price point is insane.
0: The price point has gone up because it's a new Las Vegas uh, arena. What is it? It's
1: floor right. seats. um They're not like the VIP ones or anything like that. But floor seats are ranging from between $1,100 and eleven hundred and five thousand. So UFC like. events are
0: always extortion. Like their you know? air tickets with not noseblades, but under noseblades are about four hundred dollars.
1: Well, yeah, I was at I was at UFC two hundred, and I was in what is essentially the second highest tier you could have in that new arena. I know paid four hundred and something dollars for my ticket.
0: Now you're there from half three in the day till half 10, 11 at night. So if you're a fan of it, you're, you can kind of justify it because you're there for fifteen. And you see 16, a lot of fights. Yeah, you, you see do. fifteen. Yeah. And is it points.
2: enjoyable to like? You're on. They're on a big screen. You can't really appreciate what's happening other than you have to watch the big screen and a bit of the, the ring. I yeah, think, or yeah. Or you do a bit
1: of both. You do a bit of both. Like you, for yeah. the, for the for the stand up when they're when they're just trying to punch and kick each other and that yeah you can kind of watch what's going on but when it gets to the bits around, around on the ground yeah, yeah. then yeah you definitely take a glance at the screen to no, see what's happening
2: look at I mean I just can't believe that he's gone out and beaten Nate Diaz though like after all that like, oh really, stop that's yeah I
1: know it's, like here's us talking about all that and he's just went and knocked him out in about 14 <laughs> seconds
2: <laughs> but I'll tell you what lads I'll tell you what lines. I can't believe though that Nate Diaz has won for the second time
0: that's just incredible he choked, <laughs>
1: he choked him out again Patty.
0: oh that's incredible
1: bananas I'll just edit that. I'll edit, <laughs> ed- edit that accordingly. And but
0: like you said, with the all hype thing, up until last night, I was, meh. you know, people ask me are you going over? No, I'm not, I, I wasn't He's interested in the march fight because we were going over. We booked it on the basis that he was getting a light heavyweight or a lightweight title fight, and then Rafael Lesanios pulled out, so we got Nate Diaz with ten days now. So I was just happy that he was fighting. I didn't really. Care whether it there was just a part of me was like it was on like I, yeah you be messed around too many times uh, yeah three times I've been messed around I've never sure. seen him fight oh the first fight I seen him fight Dustin Poirier that was the scheduled fight but it yeah. wasn't a scheduled main event I've never got so I, I've, I'd be reluctant to go to an international n- main, UFC show going
1: main events are cursed like I mean yeah. even UFC two hundred like I was at Britney Spears genuinely I was at Britney Spears <laughs> the and night I've, before. Um, and I found out John Jones wasn't going to be fighting Daniel Cormier anymore. It wrecked me Britney Spears concert. But see, the, <laughs> that would
2: wreck your Britney it Spears would. concert. It would. You, now, for
1: sure. in, in fairness, I was more so there for the girlfriend, and I was absolutely locked it was amazing because it was locked because you just didn't care anymore but then when like Brittany you, would approve
2: she, she loved that she mindset
0: would. there just you know yeah. letting yourself exactly be free just yeah it's he sad or after taking over the doping of uh, UFC now so everyone's getting that's it people are getting it. stung so left like, right it'll and be center. 4 or 5 years before the sports cleaned up so to speak look at the end of the day everyone's getting popped
1: at the end of the day I still want McGregor to win but at times I wish he would tone it down a bit that's <laughs> kind of where I stand on
2: it
0: yeah, I, mean, I can't think of a time where I've been disappointed. I've kind of just shrugged it off, do you know that way? mean? Hmm. I I
2: just don't like the narrative. Maybe I like the That's,
0: pantomime stuff. Maybe I like that.
2: I just think like I only knew Aldo was like this kind of a baddie, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> then I I'm don't ri- I didn't get that though. Because he's been Yeah, well I I guess I swallowed a lot of
2: what McGregor was telling me, you know. And uh yeah. see I'm new. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. See I'm not I don't know Jose Aldo and his history, I know he's great champion and that he hadn't been beaten or whatever um was that right he hadn't, hadn't been yeah, beaten yeah, he had me yeah you know i am a casual fan like and i'm not i would never pretend to be any more than that like mm. editor at joe.ie you know i kind of ha- i have to know what's going on and i do um but I, i've got people on the desk three and four guys that are absolute fanatics you know mm. yeah mean, one on my team and then two on sports show that these guys eat, sleep, and drink MMA. Mm. They're not Conor McGregor fans. I'm sure they like Conor. Yeah. They're MMA fans, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what they love. And UFC is just one aspect of that. They love cage warriors and they love Bellator s- and, yeah. Absolutely, 100% love every aspect yeah. of it. Like,
1: that's, that's what And it I respect
2: it. that. That's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. like,
1: essentially, that's what it is. The UFC is essentially the Premier League. But then yeah. you've got all the Azura, you know what I mean? And right, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs>
0: Before with Oziel though as well, I took a disliking to him over the years because he kept pulling out of fights. Do you know that way? It was like, oh, he's not pulled out again, and mm. me and mm. Danny have always had suspicion about uh, performance enhancing drugs over himself. So.
1: Well, not just you and I; there's an awful lot of people.
2: Yeah, but hang on, there's barely a fighter that doesn't seem to be. Yeah, like everybody Honours has Clint. had, but he's had the accusations leveled at him too. Everybody has. Yeah, well, yeah, that's it. Like, I think it's that's kind, a kind of a a hard pantomime, isn't it? Yeah, <clears> yeah. like oh, like you know, it's almost impossible to say. Is there a single fighter that people would say definitely is yeah. Is there
0: there's, a single athlete in the world? Well, Jesus. If the Olympics are
1: <laughs> the to go boy there's a brilliant story about John Jones trying to avoid a drug test yeah. uh, where essentially he went to training one morning and where whatever way their gym is there's big windows at the front so they could see these cars pulling up and they were like shit that has to be drug tests nobody else will be arriving here at this hour of the morning like, mm. so he hid under the cage and uh, the testers got there and they're like where's John Jones? So his trainers were like, don't know, haven't seen him. And they're like, well, he's due to train today. And they were like, I guess. they're like, alright, we'll wait for him. They thought that he was, they were just the, he's not there. And they'd go, we'll come back later or whatever. So they waited until, what, like eight o'clock in the morning, they came in, they waited until the gym closed at six in the evening or whatever. John Jones apparently hid under that cage all day. And it gets better. You sat it in. We're trying to get a warrant go under that cage. Because they figured if he was under there all day. He had to have taken a piss somewhere. We want to try find samples of urine under there. Fuck.
0: Crazy. That's the story, goes Hasn't been confirmed. said it.
1: Not just Chelsea, A lot of people have said it. Now, it's all allegedly. <laughs> but uh, it's like... It's one of them. His that, track
0: record, record would be too fair faced with it. But nobody
2: mm. has... They're, like no one's able to say I will not have my record Impugned by you I will not Like And now I'm going to sue you Because yeah. you've said that Like it's like Fair game Everyone just throws those accusations Oh yeah 100% yeah. They float around So then Nobody takes them 100% seriously Because they're just yeah. So f- frequent I just think that like I Like Obviously it's a sport where Like cycling Yeah You come to recognise Okay well Everybody else Is doping like how much, like how prevalent do you think it is? It seems like a lot of guys have been caught. But yeah. Even, even, even.
0: <laughs> in cycling. When yeah. Lance Armstrong won it, they said that, you know, th- the next person down... 17th or was something, was 18th it? 18th position. 18th. If they were to award a new first place.
2: Yeah, but but Graham, my question is how clean then is UFC?
0: Well, that's why you sat there in to clean it up. I don't think it's... I don't think it's too clean.
2: And we're at a stage like in sport where like it's no longer the worst thing in the world. Like guys are like, no. yeah, yeah, Peds, yeah. I mean, in, uh, in, uh, in, it's. I think it's American, the culture. In Europe, it's definitely w- much more taboo and frowned upon. But like, uh, I think I'm pretty sure if you take a performance enhancing drug in uh, NFC, I think two game ban.
0: Two games. <laughs> what do you think of the Olympics and th- the lead up to the Olympics in terms of the Drugs and the I think Rus- it's the like, Russians.
2: <laughs> I think, like, you know, I mean, working in the media, like, it has been an unbelievable Olympics because the stories have been incredible, yeah. Like, and I'm For the not, wrong reasons, though, yeah, yeah. Like, there's been some respect too.
1: the O'Donovan brothers, is a fantastic oh yeah, no, story.
2: O'Donovan's no, Don- oh, are amazing, and Annalise, and I think Annalise, that's what we yeah. need to focus on. And, and also, there's been some great, like, Thomas Barr. Yeah, Like there's been some great performances as well from athletes and it's it's worth celebrating those and putting them above everything else.
0: But I have a reluctance to celebrate, particularly Barr. I don't know why, I just have a reluctance to celebrate because but, I've never heard of this guy before, I casually watched the World Championships. Yeah, but Championships. who have you heard of? Exactly. Did you hear of the winner of but, the 400 metre hurdles? Uh, yeah, I heard of him before, Your man, the American lad. Yeah. Yeah. I would have only go, but, heard of him from the European Championships. But oh. I, I think, look, I, though, he's I, I, 20 I, championships.
2: I'm not defending anybody, but, like, that man's 24 years of age. You know, he was 20 in London. Yeah. He's probably in his prime.
1: Yeah. I, I just, I don't know, and I think some people, uh, I, I'm robbing this from other people, and I can't remember who I'm robbing it from, but when you see people running personal best personal best at an Olympic Games, there's always going to be suspicion there because it's just this whole thing of, suddenly now everything has come together and you've peaked it, the fairy tales don't work like you know what I mean and like even the, even the 100 metres look at that look at how many of them guys were dirty like
2: yeah but hold on a second now we don't know anything here we don't know Usain Bolt mm-hmm. we know Usain Bolt is world record holder has broken world records at meets yeah. People train to be at their optimum for a a meet. They do, but... The Olympics. So that's when world records do tumble, and personal best tumble.
1: Well, well, a lot of world records are also set at world championships, though. I think there's more world records set at world championships than there is Olympics, but... um, There's a lot of question marks about Jamaican athletes in general, because the whole drug testing in Jamaica, and just how often were they tested? Were they even tested? Where's the track record for his testing? You know, I know. Well,
2: I mean, I think that like any nation, and I've heard about Kenya as well. That like yeah. apparently their compliance with like you, uh, with WADA is like zero yeah. in 2016. Like that's not a great number to have <laughs> beside your name. It's like come on, lads. What about five or ten? No, yeah. zero. Yeah. Like that's pretty much black and white. Yeah. We're not going to test any athletes. Yeah. That's where we're standing on it. You know Forget it. <laughs> we're all, 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 no token gestures whatsoever.
0: I'm just I'm I'm not like to drown any accusations either. I'm just pausing my celebration for about I'm just a month a, or I'm, something like that. A
1: delayed celebration. I'm cynical and suspicious of everybody. I'm
0: cynical and it's because I spoke to Paul Howard <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast. He's made me cynical. I
2: don't know, I think man. it's I just fair, though. I think now, like, we as fans, as true sports fans, which I think we're all, we are truly all sports fans mm. here, we're, it's our right to be, like, to ask questions. Because like, we pay money to see these guys. Yeah. We've all invested large sums of money in sport. And we, we want to see the very best performing at a normal range. And I've heard arguments against, like, people saying, well, you see, you know, nature doesn't allow to be a level playing field because some people have a higher you know, cardio level, or some people are born with uh, a bigger ability to carry white blood cells or whatever. Like, I can't remember, I saw the stats of it recently. Some people are there, they have to even the field with PEDS. Like, that's an, an argument that's advanced. That's, that's a know? ridiculous argument. But like, it's like, yeah, exactly. It's totally ridiculous. It's like, this is why the very best in the world are the very best in the world. It's like, like, it's training and genetics. Like, yeah, yeah. so what? Someone does genetically have... By whatever quirk of faith or whatever God or whatever you yeah. want to believe in, they were just born to be quicker than you. Even though you've done the same training, they're going to run faster than you. Yeah. I'm sorry, you're not allowed to use something to even the playing field, like you know. Doesn't make sense
1: to uh, to to put you on the spot and be a bit of a bollocks. Where do you stand on Leo Messi? What like the was
2: he was was there? S- well, it's.
1: It's well known that he took. Yeah, exactly. uh, Look, it's well known he took HGH, like human growth hormone,
2: when he was a kid.
1: Okay, but Barcelona never disclosed what age he stopped taking it at, and he couldn't have got to where he's got without taking it. So, is that technically performance enhancing?
2: Yeah, but I mean, uh, look, at I know this is what like the like I've heard the apologists like if I remember hearing, Graham,
1: Merrigan yeah, he's an awful (laughs) apologist, that lad. (laughs)
2: Graham not Graham Merrigan in this yeah. case. And he was talking about, oh, I know, uh, you won't see, a, I've never seen a, a ped for, you know, three step overs. Like, you know, and I'm <laughs> sticking it in the top corner.
1: like That's a good Sounest, by the way. That is a good brilliant. One.
2: You know, like, so, I, I'm not, first of all, like, there is no performance enhancing drug that makes you, like, run, you, you can always run faster, you can be more durable. Mm. But like, what Messi has is God-given. Mm. There is no way. And I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm starting with that. That's my starting point. I don't know, I don't know I... anything about his, when HGH stopped. Yeah. The guy was underdeveloped. Yeah. That's what we understand from Barcelona. And he had reached a certain age where he was, he had stopped growing. Yeah. And they were giving him these injections. It's shady, maybe you know. I mean, obviously, more questions need to be asked, and we've heard stories about um, some of the people that were involved in Barcelona. Like, yeah. we're we're talking here on 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 record, so I'm not going to go out there. I've heard <laughs> rumors like about this and that, but nothing's proven.
0: It's a fair point. So, have you changed your point?
1: No, absolutely not.
0: <laughs> no,
2: Danny, that's fair enough. But like, I mean, is this a mess? Or uh, just can I ask a question? Yeah, is this yeah, Messi yeah. versus Ronaldo?
1: Not particularly, no, um, because if I'm being honest, football to me in the last four or five years, I've kind of fallen out of love with football, if that makes sense. So I, I don't really care for this whole Messi versus Ronaldo versus whoever argument. Like, I just, um, th- I just don't like this whole thing of people are willing to chastise everybody without looking at all angles.
2: I'll agree with you there. I think football, you know, we've heard this has a problem, and that they don't want to know about it. Like yeah. you know, there's definitely you can't say the whole thing is spotlessly clean. Like it's just statistically, there's no. there's it's not where it should be. Um, and I think that if there's a problem, and obviously the investigation, nothing is there at the moment. But definitely, football doesn't want yeah. to know about it. The, Sky Sports don't want to know no, about no.
1: it. None of them want to know. Like the chant, look, football's the most played sport in the world. The chances of every single person playing professionally being clean, come on.
2: It's like, about the same chances of everybody being straight. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's the same thing. Like, yeah. you know yeah. statistically <laughs> yeah, yeah. there are no gay footballers in the Premier League. Yeah. But I'd say, you know, no, there isn't. There there's a good chance there's one mm. or two or many at, more. Yeah. yeah. So lea- you know, these are definitely one. the things that are swept under the carpet. Mm. Not too quick. <laughs> Uh, the, those two things necessarily, but it is interesting that it, it, there's there seems to be anomalies there, like you know, yeah, in both yeah.
0: areas. Speaking of um, gay, this is a good segue. You're All good right. for the segway oh, yeah. Graham. We we do segway city. Yeah. Um
1: He's on fire this week, I'd say.
0: <laughs> when the marriage referendum occurred, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed your piece. Um, We're running out
1: of time, by the way. Just so you're aware,
0: when Ross and Leitrim. Um, voted against, wasn't it Roscommon Leitrim?
2: Well, it was. This is when we begin to split hairs, but it's worth pointing out. Roscommon, South Leitrim.
0: South Leitrim, that's oh. all awesome. Apologies.
2: So we can always bend the Rossies. And God help them, they did <laughs> get most of the blame here.
0: But Roscommon, South Leitrim voted against yeah. the marriage referendum. The
2: only constituency in Ireland. And yeah. you
0: were kind of.
2: Yeah, well, I felt like, uh, you know, for so many different reasons, I felt like it was unfair because. Uh, like it was unlucky and not unlucky, but like Donegal or South Donegal or West Donegal had had voted yes by thirty three votes. South from Roscommon had voted no by you know like one or two percent. But obviously in this map, like most like killer for anybody from Roscommon that had voted yes, like which was forty nine percent of the people to see this one red area. Um, it's actually not my constituency. I'm, I'm, I am technically from South Leecham, but from whatever word nominee, we voted in North Leechland. Right. So I can always say my, my constituency voted yes. The progressive north. But, Nord, but I wasn't ready. What drove
0: you to the, write the piece? Yeah, I
2: wasn't going to walk away from it. Well, I, I saw so many public people with big platforms just picking an easy target and whacking it. People like Marion Keyes, the author. Um, mm. something that was a bit over the top, wasn't it? I yeah, totally like you. Uh, her tweet was just so I wish I had it there now she deleted it subsequently but it was you know you kind of you intolerant uh, you know fools I don't want to misquote her but it was it really was awfully harsh against the entire county like such an ignorant thing to say now she was obviously incredibly apologetic and retracted it but she was just one of many and I just found it on behalf of the people in the county really upsetting to just, like, on such a joyous day, to just turn on one constituency because, unfortunately, the vote had gone the wrong way. And for so many different reasons that I was privy to, like, the guys, the elected representatives in the constituency did not poll the people. They didn't canvass mm. the people. Um, other things, like, just generally speaking, that this county, Roscommon and Leitrim, will be so ignored by the nation as a whole by government underfunded rescommon hospital general hospital had to be you know there obviously cutbacks and then eventually was 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 in danger of shutting down so many different things that i felt like oh these people are just so used to being ignored and then suddenly we're all just going to whack them because you know those idiots from the the sticks that don't know what they're talking about they're so backward in their ways and they come to represent all the, the the no campaign when reality was it was literally by a swing of one or two percent. And I wish it voted yes. I wish we all would have said the whole county the whole country is green instead of red. But I definitely felt Marion Keyes, it was just she should have known better. Mm. Like she's written so many different books. And I would have thought, Jesus, how many people have read her books in yeah. Riscam and South Leitrim? And the weird thing was I wrote the piece. And I know we're running out of time, but I'm just going to say this because it has niggled me since the day she went on and started talking about how on twitter about how upset she was and like how she was now starting to feel like you know ill like and started crying about like how she was feeling like oh set upon like be- because i'd written the piece and i put her tweet in it and then i would all her fans like harassing me haranguing me going why are you getting a marion now I'm not saying, Anthony, the woman has mental health problems in the past and she's written about them and I admire her, I applaud her, it's courageous, it's a good thing to do. But it, she was alluding to the fact that this is like, she's been down this road before, so please don't put me through this. Totally abdicating any responsibility. for the three. And told me that she wanted to remove from the piece. And to this day, I regret deeply, because I was concerned for her. I took it out. And every time I see her right now, and I just it niggles me that I took it out because... It totally affected the whole piece. Like the whole piece was centered around this, and I said, "On to be responsible for her, or to out of good grace, I said I'll take it out." And people that read the piece after was like, "I don't know why you're, I don't know why you're so exercised." I was like, "It was really actually all about yeah. this one thing of this person with a massive profile who should have known better." And all these other things fed into it. There was lots more. That's off my chest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love it.
0: Do you think there'll be another um, kind of social media revolution like there was? I hope for so. That?
2: I don't see repeal of the eighth being the one though. I just I think some people do think that this is going to be like the marriage ref. It can't be because no. it's, too sensitive. it's totally different. Like and I mean I see people almost trying to go down that route and shutting down conversation and discussion. No. We need to have this discussion.
1: Here's you're right. Discussion is key to everything. And one side can be as bad as the other I've found. Like people who are like above and beyond hundred percent in favour of repealing the eighth are almost as militant as those who are liberal
2: uh, fascists is yeah what you're talking thank
1: about. you yeah i couldn't think of the word liberal fascists no it exactly is what it's it is. like
2: oh my god you're you know you're not enli- you're not you haven't been enlightened and so now you're talking about something yeah. and no, i'm not even this isn't even worthy of conversation the thing about marriage ref is i understood that conversation i felt like many others like let's come on like this is a no-brainer this is a Pretty home black run. And white, wasn't mm. it that's what i felt and i think a lot of people felt that way i think this one we have to discuss it we have to bring people with us it's such an emotive issue and i just it does annoy me when i see the conversations being shut down by people i think who are well intentioned but maybe think that they're on this other this is another social media movement Mm. that's have your social media movement but allow people to have a conversation around it too
1: yeah Yeah. i i think that's it like it always kind of surprises me how people are always saying, oh, democracy is it, democracy is it, until democracy goes against them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Until it gets voted against what they want, and then all of a sudden they get a little bit antsy about it. But with this, because we haven't really had it, the modern generation hasn't had a say on it, I guess, that, yeah, people are going to sort of beat that drum as much as they possibly can and talk about repeal the eight, repeal the eight, repeal the eight. But until we've had an open discussion about it, Properly, I don't know. I just it don't think people, even
0: a referendum set or, a referendum or even that's, the,
2: that's... The, the the citizens' council that we're supposed yeah. to have. To... That hasn't even been, and way. I think that's a good idea. I, I actually think that's good. I think that's part of the process. Like, I mean, I think there's people on the uh, the uh, again, the pro I always mix this up because I think it's just bonkers pro choice versus you know? pro life. This whole thing, pro life, yeah. or you know pro-life like the like the pro-choice people and pro-life you yeah know, I was gonna say, there's, there's it bothers nobody, me
1: there's nobody there that's anti-life nobody's yeah. going around saying we need to kill
2: people i think anti-choice is a bitter a better fit like you know what i mean <laughs> and i'm like, i'm not trying to like make a mockery of those people i'm not but like it's it definitely fits better than anti-life or whatever you would try to say the opposite is but i think that the most important aspect of this particular thing is that we have a conversation around it The Citizens Council will be a good way to do it. And I think a lot of people who are have so much... Like, Jesus, how many... We all have questions to answer. And, oh, my God, it's... I think it's going to be so different because... I'm not really looking forward to it, to be honest. I was just going to say, Graham, it's going to be so much harder. Yeah. Like, the questions that are... I I wouldn't even bring them up in this podcast.
1: No, and, like, a home to vote on the marriage equality referendum was a thing of beauty. Whereas... I can't see there being this beautiful home to vote moment. Danny, there, won't be, like
2: it, there won't be any glory. In exactly. This, there, this is nothing. not like a like a, an emancipation. No. Like, no. like marriage Ref was an emancipation. Yeah. There were people that were had their human rights been compromised. <laughs> and I, in fairness to the pro-life people, they would say this is also a human rights thing. But yeah. look, at, this is a, 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 for me is a very simple issue. It is an issue that is primarily about women's bodies and mm-hmm. the agency they have over their bodies. And where we're, we are, we're way behind, you know? And I mean, Definitely. it's a scandal that we send so many women to the UK to have to go through what they go through. Yeah. And like, we're just pawning off our problem. And that's the thing pro-lifers can yeah. never, ever answer. It's like, well, what do you do?
0: Especially women who are forced to go over on their own because they don't want to tell their families. And huh. then, you know, that's your, your whole kind of air, airport experience is usually for holiday. But then they're going over to face you know an abortion in a different country but i'd say different. that's the
2: majority graham yeah you know i mean how many people are bringing are able to bring some people can bring partners with them maybe or whatever but there's so many more that are just unplanned pregnancies yeah um i mean i don't know man it's it's a such a bloody massive it's, issue we're not yeah. going to solve it tonight <laughs> no, no
1: we're not no it's it's uh an extremely evocative and i'm to of subject yeah i would say approach to caution
0: that's kind actually of, kind of annoying me already, Do you know, the way we mentioned like, the militant kind of side of it. On Twitter, you see people that yeah. have quote influence on Twitter and they're kind of just blocking down the discussion to suit their kind of...
1: Yeah. People need to have an yeah. open conversation, as you yeah. said, Paddy. That's an open forum, open discussion, whatever way, but you can't just march people blindly down an avenue and say, there you are, that's it. Did you see Duh. the
0: hashtag that was trending, celebrate the 8th? No. Yeah. <sighs> There was Celebrate the 8th. I can't remember when it was. So it was
2: Repeal the 8th and Celebrate the 8th. Yeah, Eighth.
0: yeah. And I was Jesus. totally against the Repeal the 8th. So they had a huge kind of Twitter war. Right. So there's it. ignorance on both sides there. Right? Yeah, oh, oh, big yeah. Time. yeah, definitely.
1: And it's not a case of ignorance, it's bliss. There you go.
0: <laughs> Great way then. <Dan.
2: laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Can we talk about one more thing before we go? Yeah, yes. Yes. yeah. Something, something would be, let's please. Just, uh, let's you pick. Yeah. pick. <laughs> um, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to talk about something that is just so inconsequential it doesn't we never
1: happen. talked about music or anything, actually you know. sure let's, yeah,
2: let's just talk about music for your band two yeah. minutes I mean look it i there's a I can quickly talk about that um I would have played music since I was sixteen and I was in storyfolds. I say it was because we've been on hiatus for basically since Michael was born.
0: Is that just because you are all grown up?
2: I think so I think like you get to a certain age and oh man, love every second of it, don't regret a minute of it. I even, I've no, I have actually no bad feeling about it. Sometimes a couple of other members of the band are like, geez, we were at it and, you know, things didn't go your way. You do tend to remember, like, the the downs quicker than the ups. But, man, being in a band, writing music, hanging out with your best mates, there is nothing better in the world. Yeah. It's like anything. Like, when you're involved with people that you really like on doing something you love, yeah, it never work. High five. Yeah, get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> and that's how to end our podcast.
1: Oh
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you, do you see yourself doing any more of those reality boy shows?
2: Oh yeah, no. The one I did, I absolutely loved, and it, it's. I have some regrets about it because I think the idea was really good. I think we as a nation love teams, and that was my idea. Was like. I want to make a show about teams that don't get noticed yeah. because we are a nation that loves teams, the dynamic of teams. And so, Graham, as you know, we focused on the, uh, the Irish Witcher rugby team who are absolutely an amazing bunch of people. And my favourite person on the whole documentary was a guy called Will. And he's from Belfast and his story is incredible. And, um, you know, I just loved every aspect of their story. But there were so many on that Irish Witcher rugby team that had such brilliant stories then there was the uh, homeless football team which again excellent unbelievable work being done and I just just, of any charity I've ever worked with I just feel that charity just it just gets done what needs to be done the self esteem that's restored to guys that are in danger of being homeless or have been homeless like you can just see them growing like it's so incredible to see that up close and then uh, the final team was the... God, I've killed myself now for forgetting. The final team was the... Yeah, of course, the Dublin Devils. Devils, yeah. And that was just... That was pre uh, the uh, marriage ref. Yeah. And they're a great bunch of lads as well. And so different. like So, like, yeah, I love that documentary. It was a shame for me that we didn't get maybe more time. You work with RTE and you're told this is how you're going to do it and you just love the fact you're doing a documentary. I think the ideas were there. The, the, the people were there. We just needed more time with it. And I'm not doing it down. I think we got a good product. I think we could add an absolutely amazing product because the ingredients were there. We just maybe didn't bake the cake enough. And then off the back of that, Graham, to be honest with you, I think there wasn't another one because, you know, it was 80% of what it could have been. So what I'd love to do more reality bites, unquestionably. I love making TV. I love making radio. I'd love to do more of that. But um, I guess I have a big job on and Joe.ie. Like that I. I'm totally focused on as well. Good like documentaries. A football. Yeah. yeah, no, totally. And I mean, but the other thing is then, like, I've, I'm surrounded by young guys that are, like, the next generation of presenters, you know, and I'm now the ripe old age of 34, so I'm there to maybe pass on some of my knowledge and but mentor them as well. <clears throat> and even this week, you know, <laughs> there was a chance to interview Ricky Gervais and I was like, I'm a massive fan of The Office. I love the office like, I'm, like i like extras but i love the office the uk yeah. office would, the us office wouldn't rank for me but i was like i think i'm gonna have to let this other lad go and do it this young guy um he wanted to do it as well no i was like i'm the i'm the boss so i can pull rank I was <laughs> like, oh geez i couldn't bring myself to do it like you know so he was keen he did his name down
1: um paddy if people want to follow you on social media where can they get you
2: you want people following you on social media oh yeah no <laughs> uh, so i'm i'm paddy mckenna on twitter at paddy mckenna on twitter um i'm on facebook as well but no twitter is the best place i'm on instagram as well i'm using that more and more i like instagram mm-hmm. and i'm on snapchat uh but you know i think twitter is definitely the best place
1: do you use snapchat Yep. One? yeah
2: I do Did like, it? I, I think Snapchat's great. I'm yeah. really starting to enjoy it.
1: Uh, I've only started to actually properly embrace it in the last couple of months. Yeah. I went through this phase where I was just that person in the background watching everybody else's videos. Yeah, but now I'm way. starting to starting to slowly work my way in with a bit of car lip syncing.
0: But it's gas. There's be- Some people I follow that were like, do it morning and and night and they're saying good morning to people on snap yeah, I just find that a bit weird like yeah I do think
2: it can it obviously has taken over people's lives and the other day I was ah oh, now we're going off but there was these two <laughs> girls sitting in the cafe beside me now this has totally probably been an old fart geezer and they were sitting there and I was like having me lunch and I was looking at them just not sporadically looking at my phone they sat down opposite each other and they literally all they did was literally like phone 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 look up what are you looking at and with Snapchat, yeah. and they're like, oh show each other back to their phones. One hour, one Jeez, hour of odd, like, I'd say they spoke maybe ten, fifteen words.
1: The art conversation's dying, man.
0: Man, what are we be going to become? Yourself at times, you think?
2: I think I'm getting better. Yeah, I would I be I very careful now. I would never go on a night out and like be snapping tweeting. Yeah, I would just think that's rude. And it would also scared
0: doing the though Dude, I was like, Take a picture of me dinner and all. Scared? Pokemon Go.
2: Grown men walking around the park trying
0: to catch Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Don't nearly pier on Monday and Tuesday even when I was down there, and just as you get to the bandstand, crowds of people. And I says to me, "Mate, what the hell is going on here?" And uh, he says, that, "That's Pokemon Go." Said, Shut up! It's not. And there was men forty, fifty, and they're like, oh, "I got him! I got him!" And I was like, "Oh my god, it's Pokemon Go."
2: What? it's tragic lads it is tragic I just like look I'm all for
0: it is tragic I don't dead, know really? like I've
2: heard this is a great app because it's getting people out and about and it's getting them active I get that that's but this is lads you know grown men as I say I someone there said to me the other day we're walking down the town I was like we're going over here he goes ah oh, listen man I've got to hang back because uh, there's a Pokemon gym over here at oh. a bus stop I was like what? <laughs> that's Danny. He's that's Danny. No. like, I've got to go to the Pokemon gym for about ten minutes. I'll see you down the road. I was like, Jesus, this is this is weird.
0: This is wrong. I am um, tragic, as you said.
1: I I downloaded Pokemon Go, and I downloaded it while I was in Vegas because, as I said, they were doing Pokemon pub crawls, where if you went into a pub and you had a certain Pokemon, you got free booze.
0: Okay, well look it, that's okay then.
1: So that's, that was great.
0: The Pokemon pub crawl patty. There you go. I
2: don't know, lads. I'm, I do, obviously this is a generational thing I'm gone I yeah, cannot gone I well. cannot understand Pokemon <clears throat> and lads in the park this is the other thing for me right you're in the park right and there's been lots of good weather so I'm in the park and uh, <laughs> just having a sandwich and yeah it's a beautiful day hey and then like yeah. people are f- doing that yeah.
1: but you see it's not like that's extending to not just like Snapchat and that but there's people who are doing it on YouTube and are making a fucking fortune. Yeah. There are people who literally they do these daily vlogs. And it's literally just them walking around with a camera being like, so today we're bringing little Timmy to school. Because um, it's a school day. Family. And then they I'm going to before. go home and, um, I don't know, I might make some lunch. Um, maybe look at my emails. and So you'll do what every other fucking person in the world is doing, essentially, is what you're saying. But they get, like, four and a half million views per video.
2: Yeah, but some people do them in their own homes. So they're not even looking at them. But now we're at the stage, lads, where literally everybody is just going to be talking to their phones. Yeah. With nothing. Like, I mean, you're walking on the street, you're talking on your phone. You're talking to somebody. When you talk to a computer screen. Yeah. On Snapchat. You're not talking to anybody. No, There's nobody no. else. They're not there. No. <laughs> it's like the the world has changed. People are willing to do that. They're willing to talk to a screen like they're talking to another human being. Like we are into like Space Odyssey, like, you yeah. know, 2001 here. Like yeah. this is, we've definitely
0: crossed that. But we've, we've lost that 18 to 20, the people that are 18 to 25 year, year olds, I think we've lost that generation Does. too. There's, there's an awful lot. Of, My brother's twenty one and he's just always heading the phone.
1: There's an awful lot of people. I think we just need to tell them. Just getting to see, go on. Yeah. Just I sea. think it
2: might go the other way, though. I think because we've lost them, I think they're gonna wake up someday. It will happen, and they're gonna go the other way.
1: After the vicious and horrible robot revolution that's just impending now at this stage. And...
2: After the vicious and horrible robot revolution, <laughs> yeah, yes, right. there will be uh, an awakening. Yeah. <laughs> Like this Star Trek
1: <laughs> trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you now, the second I see Arnold Schwarzenegger coming back, that's when I know shit's going down. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for John Connors. You can check out chapter. What chapter was John? Shit, that would have been a good one. Oh yeah, 42. The- I don't know. Anyway, yeah, John Connors on. Anyway, right. So Paddy McKenna on Twitter and everywhere else, pretty much. That's me. That's it. And of course, and I was going to say, and of course, Jacob Jodari, Merdigan, Mania everywhere and anywhere i
0: don't want people following me though like,
1: wait, you love the attention man you say you don't but you do <laughs> love, the <laughs> love the attention love the attention you do at all. uh i'm at dan john worried the podcast is at wts pod on twitter search wts pod on itunes on stitcher on podbean anywhere and everywhere there's a podcast just search that you'll find all our back catalog there we sound like the beatles and we say we have a back catalog but uh apparently that's the lingo that they use these days and we're brought to you by fitzpatrick castle hotel fitzpatrickcastle.com and check them out on facebook Pop up, bring the family, have some dinner, and you'll love it.
0: And uh, one last thing. Listener of the show, Donald Fitz, is the new coach of Seapoint Rugby.
1: Congratulations, Donald. Uh,
0: the tour team, social team. He's looking for new recruits. Is it
1: the J3, is it? What's the J3, man? Well, all the thirsty turds. Is that what they're <laughs> referring <to> themselves as?
0: <laughs> I don't know. He's invited us over for drinks the opening season. That's the thirsty towards, all right. And he's now. looking for new recruits, any experience. You so know, get on to Donald Fitz, Gerald. They are. Mags.
1: Monsey Point. On the lads. On the lads. Right. That's it. Lads. Paddy. Thanks, Paddy. Thanks for me, man. Yeah,
2: uh, it's lads been deadly. it's been emotional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. did we talk about Anthony we were supposed to talk about, but I no, anyway. That's why that's how it goes. That's, yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: Tangents. Hope tangents talk. galore, Hope man. Talk. That's what it's like. Merigan. We'll get you <laughs> back in the year.
2: <laughs>
1: Until next week. See you later. Good night. God bless.
0: Hostel.